Blog Talk Radio. Hello there, RTUers. Just want to thank you for listening to the podcast as we enter Season 3. And also let you know that you can download the latest RTU podcast directly to your iPhone or iPad or iPod by clicking on the iTunes link on the main Blog Talk Radio Ready to Unload page. Click on that. That subscribes you to our feed. Every time you plug in your device, you get the latest episode of Ready to Unload. We'd love you to do it. In the meantime, enjoy this episode of Ready to Unload with Callan Sampy. And welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete on January 11, 2012, episode 302. We are live, Ready to Unload program, podcast, sports talk, radio, coming to you live from Bayside, New York, Freehold, New Jersey, and Comac, Long Island. I am here in Dumpling Sound Studios, too. I am Steve San Pietro, one of your hosts for the show tonight. We have a ton of sports and stuff to talk about. It's going to be an excellent episode. So let's get right to it. Let's do this. Episode 302, Ready to Unload, live, coming to you now, brought to you by the Mafia. Let's bring in my co-host, my partner in crime, my partner in all things sublime, my partner in lime. Dang it. Why can't I? Terrible job. Let's, fine, let's just bring him in. Fine, Cal, what's up? Hi, God! You got to do better, Steve. I that's I I just I really, it's a terrible job by me. I know it. It's all right. I, I look, Cal. It's good to have you on your program. Thanks. I mean, your name is first. It's your program. That's just it's in age order. That's all it is. It's your world. We're just living in it, pal. I don't believe that. Yep. Welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. You're Cal. I'm Sam it's Pete. It's another week. Another week here in in uh, in the blogosphere. Well, today, right. today, oh, yeah. as that's we're in the blogosnetosphere. <laughs> today, today was crazy pants, Cal, with, with New York sports. Absolutely sure. crazy pants. Sure was. Everybody decided to put their pants on their head. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the Jets and the Schottenheimer and the firing and the hiring of uh, Tony Sperano, 
with the things and the th- and the Giants are in the playoffs and the JPP and the guarantees. That's not a uh, a fifties band, by the way. Wait, what? JPP and the guarantees? No, no. <laughs> this is a new hit record from JPP and the guarantees. <laughs> Oh man, are you uh, cousin Brucey? I am cousin Brucey. <laughs> Just a little less Fay. Um, welcome, uh, Cal, to the big program. We got a ton to talk about. We got pop culture PJ back, our producer. We're gonna get to yeah. him in a minute. We're gonna get to him in a minute. Uh, he was out last week for his birthday or something. Lame. Wow. Week. I think he took advantage of that perk that we offer, where you get the night off on your birthday. That's right. <laughs> right. That's it. That's and it, it doesn't count as a vacation day. That's right. He uh, he has that in his contract. I don't understand how that works. Well, good for him. Um, how was your week, pal? Good. It was a good week. Uh, short. They all seem to be flying by. It's it's amazing how quickly time flies these days. You know. That's uh, profound. It's not profound at all. Did you spend the entire week writing that? I did. <laughs> Well, guess what? Time well spent, my friend. Well, you know what? It's a shorter week. We were on Thursday last week. It's Wednesday tonight. Right, we're back six days later. Could be any day of the week that you're listening to this on the podcast. It, it could be any – you're listening to the podcast. It could be this Saturday afternoon, and you're listening to it while you're on your treadmill. You know, while you're on PJ's treadmill. Maybe you're on PJ's treadmill. I don't know why you'd be, be there. in your house. I could be in your driveway on the stand. <laughs> Todd Bridges and I could be at your house, <laughs> Psychic Friends Network. Uh, Cal, huge week uh, in, in sports, the NFL playoffs. We're going to talk about all the games, uh, but specifically the uh, the Giants are involved. Uh, I am making good on my resolution from last week. To watch more college sports? <laughs> no, that didn't work out. Oh, okay. Because yeah, we no, did have that, the national championship <laughs> game. <laughs> How'd that go? I missed it. Oh, okay. you know what I was doing uh, while the national championship game was on? What's that? Playing Madden. Ah, oh, how nice! I had it on the radio. Does that count? You you were listening to the national championship game on the radio on WFAN. I have this thing when I play Madden, Cal. I need to be distracted at all times. You should know this about me. Well, I do know that about you. Right. I need to have something going, whether it's the radio or music or TV. I need to have something going. And playing at all times. You have and a I, short attention span. I have a short attention span. And so with uh, Madden, my classic thing is to uh, throw on WFAN and play Madden for long stretches of time. <laughs> I, I, okay. and it, it used to be to smoke like a pack of cigarettes. Right. Like every quarter. You know, take a break, go have a cigarette, come back. Oh, oh! I thought you were you were saying that you used to smoke a pack of cigarettes while listening to FAN. No, this is all one thing. Oh, it's playing Madden, listening to WFAN, and going out at every quarter for a cigarette. Oh, while discussing uh, with myself, right? What what I was like giving interviews at the at right. the half. Yeah, oh, of course. We're just gonna go out there and try to run the ball a little bit better. In uh, Cyber Madden Land, I am I a total tool? This is this is getting awkward. No, no. I mean, you're being awfully quiet, and I know you've played entire seasons of Madden. Like, I yeah, I've I've done entire seasons in a weekend. 
Right. That so right. I I shouldn't feel like a complete tool. No, of course not. Because I sort of do right now. Well, you might be, but it's okay because I think I am too. So right, I see. Okay. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Is Good. what I'm saying. Well, you know what? We're gonna talk. Uh, uh, I don't know if you caught you know the memo about the fun load. Sometimes, uh, sometimes uh, not. You don't really know what's going on with the show. No, I didn't. I didn't check my mailbox today. What's uh, what's going on tonight with the fun load? The fun load tonight is going to be uh, uh, the NFL is like a video game now. Or the way I phrased it, uh, Cal was the NFL is like uh, Cal playing Madden on the rookie setting. Because oh, the offense is out of hand. Ah, uh, I see. Okay, it's like a video game league, you know, with a thousand yards of offense per game. For both teams, do we like this? Is this something we like? And uh, we're going to talk about that in the fun load. Is it here to stay? Is anybody going to play defense anymore? Ever? It's going to be. It's going to be fun, Cal. I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be. I'm telling you, it's going to be fun. Well, that's going to be later on, though, right? We'll that's get to that later. later. That's that's correct. Later on in the podcast. That's later on. I'm glad to hear you're doing well. You're looking well. You know what we should do at this point? I feel like because, you know, heavens forbid there's any seconds of dead air on this program and we take a breath. <laughs> and I take a breath. This is what we should do. Ready? Ready? I'd like to, at this time, welcome to Ready to Unload our producer. He goes by many names, Cal. The Bishop, Pop Culture PJ, The Pooh. He uh, he produces the program. He's uh, indispensable. And this is his music, his intro music going forward, I have decided. Let's welcome to the program, Ready to Unload, January 11, 2012, episode 302. Paul James, don't call me Paul. Kachopo. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome, Pop Culture PJ. Welcome. Why would you why would you say that? Wait a minute. Why would you say that? Don't call why? I don't do I say that? It's you've been known to say don't call me Paul. But it's ironic because you introduced him as Paul James, don't call me Paul. Yet you just did call him Paul. <laughs> He's I have me. I have papal yeah. dispensation. Oh. I have special is, dispensation. Yeah, Does that mean you can also have corned beef apple. during Lent? <laughs> That's correct. I can eat all the corned beef I want on Fridays during Lent. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, I have a party. I'm rubbing myself down with it. The corned beef. Hey, hey. Hey, oh, oh. PJ, we haven't talked to you in uh, eight months. How are you? You got You nailed it. Whoever, whoever picked that music totally nailed it. Pretty good. That was the kid. Pretty good. Huh? That is, I mean, seriously, that's like, wow. It's probably one of my favorite pieces of music. I knew this. It always gets me in a, in a good mood. I see. I knew this. And I I did the, the production thing with the fading and the whatnot. Did you see that? Yeah. Fades out nicely, just with the first line of the song. You say the hill's too steep to climb. Top climb notch. it. Top notch. Spare no expense. Peach. We didn't get to play this for you last week. I also cut this. You ready? Go. Because last week was your birthday, so I cut this for you.
was you looked like I, I thought you were gonna lose it <laughs> I did I cracked up it was wonderful I almost broke on air you did you almost that's, broke the fourth wall right that's some good stuff right there yes that makes I, me want to do some Burt Young it was <laughs> might we get an instant impression tonight with Burt Young let me set you, let, me, let me set you up oh let me set you up I don't get I I no no no. I don't get mad. I get upset. And when I get upset, Lou gets mad. Come on. Oh my god. I was gonna do uh um Hey shut up you sterno bums <laughs> you, you and the sister stand it. You got busted That's my favorite line in Rocky. That's my favorite oh. Bert, my favorite Burt Young line in Rocky. You busted! <laughs> uh, PJ, uh, Cal and I wanted to know how your birthday went. A role originally written for a woman. What was? Polly? Polly. Wait, wait, wait a second. Oh, oh, we don't know? No, we don't know. What is this? I don't know. What are you talking about? Uh, the role of Polly was originally, uh, Adrian had a grandmother. And they were gonna oh. they were gonna cast uh, you know an, an old woman to kind of chase her around the house and go yeah 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 <laughs> and uh, someone bumped into Burt Young at the commissary get and out of got, here and they got to talking magnificent they were like you know what this guy this guy's good and he looks you know beaten down by the world let's he looks let's like find an a old part. woman no no listen, let's find a part for him. So they, and so they came to Stallone and they said, "Well, what do you think about rewriting the role?" And he said, "Whatever." I said, "Okay." As long as I get to my rock, you've greenlighted my movie, so I'll do whatever you want. <laughs> That's correct, right? Uh, yeah. Whatever you'd like. So they couldn't they couldn't write him to be your father. So uh, no, that's right. that's fantastic. Yeah, one of the see, great, uh, one of the great characters. Excellent. We see you're bringing something to the show. Thank not you. just you know you you're not just a pretty face, Paul. You're not that's even right. a pretty face. Well, that's why Jim Nance had this to say. Uh, PJ, you are seriously man in a league of one. You are the best. You get it done so efficiently, quickly, and such a high standard, my man. You are my hero, Jim Nance, CBS Sports. Thank you. Okay, now <laughs> the look. If I could just somehow show the look on Cal's face right now. He look like he looks like what's going to come out of his mouth is it's got to be a send up. Got to be a send up. Cal, Cal doesn't know if that's real. I like that. I don't. I don't. It is indeed real, Cal. That is actually Jim Nance telling PJ that he's in a league of one. <laughs> telling this particular <laughs> PJ. <laughs> telling uh, PJ. I'll uh, I'll I'll uh, I'll not be insulted at that. No, it's not. It's no insult intended. I'm just. I'm it's talking about PJ Carlissimo. Who is he talking about there? <laughs> he was talking to yours truly. Do tell PJ. Do tell you can't. You know, name. You can't. 
you can't uh, audio drop like that and not and not tell the story. <laughs> uh, we just did he a. Just, we he just, did he a, just card dropped. He did. We did it. I do. I, well, I do that. We did a great session um, for um, the PGA, and then we we uh, we did a couple of uh, Titleist commercials. And he was saying, you know, he was having a great time. And I said, okay, well, how about giving me one, you know, for my reel? And he said, okay, hit record. Uh, PJ, you are seriously, man, in a league of one. You are the best. You get it done so efficiently, quickly, and such a high standard, my man. You are my hero. Jim Nance, CBS Sports, thank you. That is my traveling resume. Are you kidding? Now, now, dare I ask, what is he talking about? What is it that I, you get done so efficiently? Oh, we did an audio session. We did a we did a voiceover. And okay. uh, frequently yeah. those th- those things are usually held up by machines breaking down or not being able to uh shuttle over to the right piece of footage so he can put his voice down or losing takes or losing the good one and having to go back and redo it. Okay. You know, voiceover sessions are usually a mess. Cal, you you didn't think I picked PJ to be the producer of the show willy nilly, did you? I mean, he's there's you know it's not for his again. He's not even remotely a pretty face. No, 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 a face he, made he, for radio if there ever was. That's one. right. He brings a lot. He brings a lot to the table, pop culture wise. But he actually does work in the industry. <laughs> well, well, I, now I know. Where do you hear the Troutwig stuff that he has? Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what? That stuff may not even be ready for the internet. Are you kidding? That's right. That doesn't go as far for me as Jim Nance would. Though, I have to say, <laughs> no, it wouldn't. No, Jim it wouldn't. Nance is that's impressive. Yeah, Wiggy Wiggy doesn't go very far uh, outside of uh, outside of Madison Square Garden. That doesn't well, do very much know, for anybody. He uh, he he cuts a, a wide swath of respect in the building. Who does Wiggy? Wiggy, yeah. Yeah, no, he's he's a respected journalist without a doubt, but I mean Jim Nance we're talking about. See, I know you've yeah. had that as your calling card for years. Yeah, Nance and, is uh, oh wow, yeah, well, I must have gotten that in two thousand and four, two thousand and five maybe. Yeah. When are you gonna get Nance to do a bumper for us? Oh. Heck with that, get Nance on the show. He should be on the unload. Really? Now, could you he's imagine? married soon. He's a little busy right now. But yeah. no, is he really? Is he getting married? Nice. He is. Him. It's good to see that Jim found happiness. Anyway, Cal, uh, PJ, <laughs> PJ's been holding on to that little nugget for uh, some time. I told you wow. I'd have new stuff in the new year. You know, I'm yeah. sorry, he did say, the he did, last week. He did say uh, that. I had, a, I had a few things that uh, wanted to add. Yep, well, that's a heck of a job. We look forward to whatever else you got cooking, because it looks like you got other stuff going. That's silly Here. stuff. It's all silly. Yeah. I like this one. For this one. I have a plan I do not have yet. <laughs> We're going to use that a lot, I think. That that tends to be the New York Jets. I yeah. think that's absolutely going to be used for the New Cal, did you catch that one? Yes, I did. Yeah, that's a, that's a New York Jet bumper, or a car right there. All right, Peach, we're going to go do the uh, the large unload. You do okay. that. Yeah, I mean the big unload is uh, we're going to it's large tonight. Do the unload and I wish you to be successful with it. 
<laughs> Go do it and be. He would have been great Ghostbuster, PJ. <laughs> yes, Cal. Yes. Cal you, gone? Yes, you had a question, Cal. Uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> you put your. You put. We're on video here. We're in a conference call here, and you put your finger up as if you had something to add. No, I'm, I was just. I was just biting a hangnail, but I can't see either one of you right now. So, see, I can oh. see you and PJ, but I can't see myself, which is a good thing. This is. I see odd, live Calvi, but I, I. I don't see uh, Stephen. This is a. It's. It's very bizarre. The Uvu. Very bizarre. What I'm, what I'm looking at is a frozen PJ. <laughs> How about this? Let's use more free apps and see if we can't break the show entirely. <laughs> How about that? Let's yeah, let's let's make sure let's make sure that we use every free app possible at the same time. Right. And then complain when they don't work. They're all made to work together. Oh wait. Oh wait, no. they don't. No. Uh Peach Peach, we'll talk to you in a bit. We'll definitely talk to you in the fun load, but we'll talk to you before that because you are in a league of one, my friend. We're going to have to cut that down just to that line. Yeah. <laughs> Steve Sampietro, RTU Sports. How's that? Uh, did I tag it for you nice? That's Can nice. You put if that I had on a recording studio, I'd record it. <laughs> yeah, you used to have a recording studio. I remember that. Yeah, we'll talk about that soon, too. Fantastic. I look yeah. forward to it, Peach. You're in a league of one. Plan. You're in a le- I have you're a plan I do not have yet. You're in a league of gentlemen. You're in, you're in, a, you're in a league of their own. I'm leaving. Uh, Cal, the large unload. Go. How could it not be about the Jets? What kind of person is that? We can't do an hour on the Jets at the top of the show. You know you know what I loved? You tweeted this earlier today in, in the show. This I did see in the show description. And you referred to the soap opera that's the Jets killing off one of its main characters. That's correct. They have PJ. PJ had entitled them Survivor at the beginning of the football season. That right. this Jet season was going to be like an episode of Survivor, and he could not have been more correct. Right. Like that. There, there was not a better analogy out there. It, it really was like I want to write into a paper or ESPN or something and say and make this analogy how spot on it was. It was a season of Survivor, and their torch got snuffed out. And today. As Florham Park turned, Brian Schottenheimer resigned, was killed off. They killed him off. They said they, did. they went Dr. Drake Ramore on Brian Schottenheimer and sent him down an elevator shaft. And they brought in a new character, Tony Soprano. Tony uh, Sperano. Sperano. <laughs> How many times am I going to make that mistake in the next year? Wow. Intentionally or unintentionally? Because it will intentionally be done... It's already been done a hundred times in maybe, one day. Maybe both. Maybe, maybe. both. Uh, I, I, I think I tweeted or I wrote somewhere I would have taken Tony Soprano at this point uh, instead of Brian Schottenheimer. That's how badly I wanted Brian Schottenheimer gone. I would have taken uh, anybody. I would have taken Syl. I would have taken anybody from the Sopranos. Uh, but Brian Schottenheimer is asked to leave today. But Cal, I want to wait to talk about it. Okay. Because my big unload has got to be our big unload. Uh, it's ours, Brian. It's got to be the the NFL playoffs. It's got to be. And you know why? I have a que- I have a question for you. What's that? I know the answer, but uh, let's play radio fun. Did you watch the NFL playoffs last weekend? Um, 
Not all of them. In the interest of full disclosure, I did not watch all of them. Right. Nor did I. Uh, did you watch most of the Giant game? I think you did. I watched the entire Giant game, and I watched most of the Pittsburgh-Denver game. Okay. I, I watched none of the Cincinnati-Houston game. No chance on Saturday. I, I, I did catch maybe about a quarter of the Saints and Lions. Okay. Okay. But 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 the weekend started off very unceremoniously because I was um I was putting Christmas decorations away during the entire first football game. I didn't watch a minute of it. Right. And and my point here is before we get into the actual games, uh that's if the Jets aren't involved, that's a rough weekend for me to sell football. That's rough. that's a tough sell, I gotta be honest. Especially after the way that the season ended. That's correct. You know, you had a game on Christmas Eve. You had a game on New Year's Day. Uh, two very big family times uh, that you had to watch for the Jets or whatever, and that's a tough sell. That's all I'm saying. So I was happy just to get the Giant game, mm. the competitive portion of the Giant game. <laughs> now, uh, I do want to open with the NFL playoffs, and I'll tell you why, Cal. I'm excited for this weekend. I needed that first weekend out of the way to get the bad taste of the Jets season out of my mouth, uh, to to cleanse the palate, the football palate, to uh, rid myself of the jealousy of the teams that were in the playoffs while my team was not. Mm. It, that was tough. So I, I think I, I feel like I, I've made good on my resolution. I've been talking to uh, my Giant fan friends, congratulating them, talking about the matchup legitimately telling them that they have a shot. For those of you who uh, didn't hear last week's podcast, I made the resolution, the sports resolution, that I'm going to be better to the rival teams and better to my fr happy for my friends who are fans of those rival teams. They've made it hard, not going to lie. Mm -hmm. uh, but, again, I, I, I was able to cleanse the palate. The Jets moved on today. With getting rid of Schottenheimer, I feel like that the offseason is well underway for the Giants. So, I'm ready for football again this weekend. And I'm excited about these games, Brian. Are you not looking forward to these games? I am. This is, traditionally, they'll tell you, this is the best weekend of, of football in the year because you've gotten rid of any kind of riffraff that uh, there might have been in the wild card round and now you're now you're truly down to the eight team I I had to do the math the eight teams <laughs> the eight, the eight best teams in the league pretty much and and I think that that bears out this year too I I don't I don't think there is a playoff team that lost last week or a team that didn't make the playoffs that is not uh that is better than one of the remaining eight you maybe make a case for somebody being better than Denver, but other than that, these are the best teams and the best competition. And this, it's four games, Saturday and Sunday. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I agree. I totally agree. And I think one of the, there's, there's intriguing matchups here based on what happened last week. You know, that TJ Yates uh, proved that he could play. Now, look, is TJ Yates going to go on the road and, and beat the Ravens? I don't think so. But – he, at least he proved he could hold up to the pressure in his first playoff game and that, and that they do have a good enough running attack to, to put up some points and they won a home game. And so even you would think that Houston is the weak link 
out of the eight teams because uh, they're down to their third-string quarterback. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily the case because I don't know about you, but I, I mean, I think the Ravens win that game, but you don't trust them. You don't trust the Ravens. You you don't trust Joe Flacco. So even that game to me is interesting. You could make the case that Denver is the worst team in the playoffs. They are, let's be honest. But Denver might have the second best defense left in the playoffs. So they and then and of course they have Tebow. So you know who threw for 316 yards on 10 passes, 10 completions. <laughs> now again, are they going to go into New England and win? I don't know. I, I I would love to get your take on that, and we'll talk about that. But they're they're all good games to me. They're all intriguing games, and not the least of which is intriguing, Bry, is the Giants. Now on the magical mystery tour again. It's the magic carpet ride, Cal. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for? I'm not being facetious. I can hear it in your silence that you think I'm being oh. a wise ass. I can hear in my silence. That's correct. <laughs> That's how long we've been doing this radio program, my friend. I can you 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 being quiet speaks volumes. <laughs> I can you blame Giant fans for comparing this to 2007? We've made fun of it a little bit. I'll continue to make fun of it. Well, I think I'm making fun of the media when I do it. You well. Because it's Look, so lazy. It's just so lazy. You're taking – you have a resolution that you're trying to stay true to. Trying to make I have no. I have no such resolution. <laughs> so allow, allow me to take up the mantle of, of, this, uh, of this conversation okay. by saying, uh, Giant fans, what happened in 2007, and we said it at the time. You said it at the time. Everybody said it at the time. What happened was a a once-in-a-lifetime event. It was a miracle. Once-in-a-lifetime. Does does not come around again four years later. (laughs) If it does, that's just not fair. And if it does then it's not it's not a once in a lifetime event. And it's, and it's <laughs> Captain it's, Captain Obvious from Obvious Land. Oh, hey. No, you're right. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. No, you're I'm right. Stating, I'm just stating facts and I agree with you that the media takes takes it as the uh as the lazy as the lazy way out. Um although, you know, I'll give them credit for doing the the research to to determine that back in 2007 they played the undefeated Patriots and they beat. Uh, they lost to them thirty-eight to thirty-five. Yes. Whereas this year they played the undefeated Packers and lost to them thirty-eight thirty-five. One problem, though, there is the Packers didn't wind up undefeated. Yeah, but that just gets in the way of the story. I see. My bad. Yeah. Yes. Also, also, I don't know if you know this, but the year that the Giants won the Super Bowl was 2008, that was in fact the last year uh, that it was a leap year. Right. That makes a huge difference. So uh, quite obviously, everything seems to be replicating from four years ago. Yep. Makes a huge difference. I'm, I, I am jesting a little bit here. Uh, <laughs> but certainly the fans have gotten wrapped up in this, and, and you can't blame them. That was your original question. Here's my only problem with the fans getting wrapped up in it is that 
uh, or, or I shouldn't say, here's my problem with the media with this, is that they've been saying it all year. Like the, the media has used this storyline going back to training camp about 2007, 2008. Like how lazy can you get? And now it's coming to fruition. But, you know, Pom Pom's Vecchiano is writing this in training camp. It's just like 08. Just like 07, 08. They were all banged up and nobody believed in them. Okay. Right. Okay. Well, they, they didn't go 13 and 3. They went 9 and 7 and won their division. Great. I think, though, let's talk about the football aspect, Brian, okay? Okay. Let's take the media's unbelievable lethargy out of the equation. And just talk about the fact that they dismantled the Falcons uh, in that playoff game last week. But I, I do need to say something. I said it before the show, and I'm going to say it in the uh, – and then we won't have to talk about the Giant-Falcon game again because it's ancient history. If one more person tells me they would take Matt Ryan over Mark Sanchez, well, I'm going to go ahead and show him the game tape. And I said it before that game, Cal. I said he's overrated. I saw a lot of him on Red Zone Network this year. He is a compiler. Okay, He is an absolute compiler that if you put Mark Sanchez with those receivers in a dome against the NFC South, uh, he would put up those sort of numbers. Because neither one of them has ever looked off a safety in their life. Okay? Neither one of them, or both of them, when their first read is not there, they panic. And I'm telling you, he is vastly overrated. Vastly. I think people are going to start to buy into that now that he's 0-3 in the playoffs, too. I think think the bloom is off his rose a little bit. So you did, you, to be fair to you, you called it before the game started. Well, I just and and it was very. But I'm not breaking my arm, patting myself on the back. It was very specific to Sanchez, in right? The fact that Jet fans are constantly saying every other quarterback. That, and I'm not. This is not the same. And we'll get to Mark Sanchez. He's got a lot of work to do. And today he got thrown under every bus in a five mile radius of Florham Park. I've never seen anything like it. Or did he? <laughs> your cat. Can, your cat can kill you in his sleep. <laughs> at 11 tonight. Tune in at 11 tonight. Is what's in your hamburger killing your children? <laughs> tonight on RTU. There's poison in the water. Or is there? John Jenkins with a special report. And... Don't throw away your... <laughs> Don't throw away your apple cores. They could fuel your car. Bert Phillips... Get toothpaste make you pregnant. Can... <laughs> Can your toothpaste catch you pregnant? We'll find out after this. And, oh, boy. And PJ with the weather. Um... <laughs> No, again, I'm not breaking my arm, patting myself on the back. All I was saying was everybody seems to uh, want everybody, every other quarterback, every Jet fan wants every other quarterback, and Mar- and Matt Ryan was huge on that list. Well, he's now 0-3 in the playoffs, 0-2 at home, three touchdowns, four interceptions. He got a whole two points for his offense. Oh, wait, he didn't even get that. That was a safety. And I, I've had it. He's overrated. And at least I know Mark Sanchez can win a playoff game. 
You know, so I, thanks. I'll take Mark Sanchez because again, neither one of them. The, the next time one of them looks off a safety, it'll be the first time. So anyway, that's enough. very similar. Very similar quarterbacks. Very very similar. Very similar. Very similar skill sets. Uh, very similar uh, 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 growth and progression. Without a doubt, neither one of them goes through their progressions well. If their first read is taken away. They don't have it now. Matt Ryan is a much better thrower of the deep ball than Sanchez is. Um, Sanchez is more athletic. I feel like throws better on the run, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Look, the Falcons have a lot of work to do. And Mike Smith, wow, yikes! He should never go for it on fourth down ever again. He lost a game that way. I think he lost a regular season game that way. Yeah, it, going for it on his own twenty-nine in overtime, which right. Is, Capital dopey with capital dopey with a capital D. But or was, I mean, he was so outcoached in that game. I mean, it was just ridiculous. It's one thing. Gonna, it's one thing to run a sneak once on fourth and inches, but to not to do it again in the same game and not get it. Like I think is I, I I just. It was, and I tell you what, Michael Turner was not happy about that. No. Oh, and why should he be? He's like 265 pounds. He's sitting on the sidelines on a fourth and a half an inch. All he's got to do is fall forward. I just, anyway, that is not to diminish the job that the Giants defense did. They did a great job. They played a tremendous game. Uh, I thought they had a great game plan. And look, it was it's not like they came and blew their doors open. Both teams were tentative off the bat. Both teams had a number of three and outs early on. But the Giants found their rhythm. Eli Manning is playing at an extraordinarily high level right now, Cal. He really is. And that's the biggest difference between this team and the 2017. Agree. It's better offense. It's much better offense. Defense not as great, but the defense is starting to click now. And that's the other thing that if, if you want to buy into this theory that this is 2007 all over again, the team is clicking at the absolute right time. You know, the Jet game started it. Yep, they're getting hot at the time. And you could make the argument that this front four is better, Cal. Because of, cause Jay, Jason Pierre-Paul, at his... different. But at his apex, Jason Pierre-Paul is better than any lineman at their apex at that time in 07. You think he's better than Strahan was? At, in 07, yes. Yes. No, I'm not saying he's better than Strahan in 2003. You think he's better than you, Minora was in 07? Yeah, I do. Mm. He's a freak. He's a freak, Cal. He is a freak. Because and and uh, this has been well talked about, but the amazing thing when you watch him is the tackles he makes downfield. Or when does it? You know, he had 16 tackles. Now, granted, everybody goes nuts about the 16 tackles. It was in a loss, and about 10 of them were downfield, which means he hustles. <laughs> Okay, but and honestly, ten of them were like fifteen yards past the line of scrimmage. So you're not, you know, the defense gave up four hundred and seventy-five yards that day. He had sixteen tackles, right? But he's a freak, Cal. He's but it's still, but you know what? It's still he's a defensive lineman making those tackles downfield. Exactly, they're they're hustle plays. Yeah, you got to give him credit for that. Absolutely, give him credit for that. What I what what it what it is not that it can look like on paper is that he's making 16 tackles behind the line of scrimmage. No. no. And they and they and they pitched a, you know, a 17 nothing shutout. You know, they gave up 475 yards offense that day. But 
going into the, so let's talk about this game with the Packers, Bri. Because we're done with we're done with last week. That's it with the Falcons. I I am done. Yeah, I, you are very emotional about this Falcon team. It's strange because they piss me off. What? But I don't understand it because they're a fraud, and I they're so nondescript. They're a fraudulent team, though. They get to sit in the NFC South. They go twelve and four or thirteen and three and win a division, and they stink. They're overrated. And 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 that bothers me, frankly. I don't care. Yeah, it, clear, clearly. Well, well, it's it's the Matt Ryan Sanchez thing too. As right. a, as a Jet fan, I have a chip on my shoulder about the Falcons. Okay. Yeah, you know, because I'm tired by that. Part of the comparison, and they're a, they're a fake team. Not to mention, I'm still uh, annoyed that they took John Abraham away all these years later. Well, that that's a whole, that's a whole that's that might be its own separate podcast as to why he needed to go. <laughs> yes, I know. Don't don't believe, be don't be re- uh, rewriting history here. I can't believe he actually played in that game and he didn't have like a migraine. <laughs> um, <laughs> because him in the playoffs, not so he, he tends to just get sick. Oh, I've got the flu. Mm. Um, so no, I want to move on. I want to talk about the Giants and the Packers. This game is fascinating to me. I think the Giants. I mean, uh, I think the Packers went like, damn it, not who we wanted. Truth serum, Cal, if you gave them truth, if you gave them truth juice. Listen, if you injected uh, Mike McCarthy with truth serum. If you gave him uh, say it so juice, tell it li- if you gave him tell it like it is a uh, pill. If you somehow found yourself in a dark basement with Mike McCarthy with a needle filled with truth serum <laughs> and a gimp, and he was restrained by two large Russian men, I think he'd tell you that this is not the matchup that they were looking for. And he had the tennis ball headgear in his mouth, inexplicably. Poor Mike McCarthy. Yeah, wow. It just got real dark for Mike That's a, that's a strange image. Yeah, I agree with you. Not not who they wanted. Um, I think they're still confident that they can. They they did beat them six weeks ago or five weeks ago or whatever it was. Yeah, now they play count. them. Doesn't count, Cal. Why? Oh, that doesn't count. No, because the Giants kept it close. Oh, oh okay. I'm sorry. It, it was a couple of plays. It was who got the ball last. That win almost doesn't count. Right. Okay. And it, and it's and it set the Giants season in motion. I mean, all the Giants have said that this week. Yeah. It was the turning point of the season that they hung with the Packers. Really? How'd that work out two weeks later when they played the Redskins? Not great. When that was, uh, if that was the turning point of the season. That's another thing that I was wondering when you you're, talk about revisionist history. You're allowed several turning points in a season. Oh, okay. Right. It's a series of lefts and rights. It's really, there's a piece of cheese at the end of the season. It's somebody, a, somebody I can't remember who it was and maybe it's better that I don't out this person, came out and said, you know, that was the turning point of the season, and the Giants haven't lost since. Oh, they haven't? Yeah. <laughs> I must have imagined that Washington game right? where the season was over after that game, where they were dead. Right. It's got to be Kay. Was it Kay? I, no, because I don't listen to him. Oh, well, who was it? Frank I have... I have uh, I can't remember who it was. It might have been Carton. Brilliant. Carton's got a, a bunch of them. What were the two that, that uh, Dr. E. Ray tweeted today? Right. It, it, the, the New York sports media is uh, 
is having a party with the Jets and the back page and the Giants in the playoffs and the magical 07 run. And uh, Evans did it. Well, I tweeted the one about Carton talking about. Uh, I hope right, Tony. I hope I hope Tony Sperano brings with him that night. You know, twenty-one play, fifteen-minute drive. You know, I, that's what he'll add to the Jets' offense, maybe. I guess because it's a terrible hiring or whatever he said. Right. And uh, hey, Craig. Uh, yeah, that was in week seventeen. Tony Sperano was fired from the Dolphins in week thirteen. <laughs> he was unemployed for four weeks at that point. Right. He's not bringing any twenty-one play drive. He wasn't even there. He was blowing into the instrument. He had no he, concept of it. At that time, he probably had a shaggy beard and Fritos hanging off his chest. <laughs> he was probably talking to a volleyball <laughs> named Wilson at that point. And then, uh, and then Dr. E. Ray uh, checked in with the Michael K. classic. Um, so I, I don't, oh, I don't remember it. You know, that's that's what happens when you play for Rex Ryan. Just ask Brett Favre. Okay. Only problem there, Brett Favre didn't play for Rex Ryan. <laughs> Don't want to break up the, the party here, Michael, no. but... Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was talking about Peyton Manning. And he's oh, saying, right. that I don't think Peyton Manning will want to play for Rex Ryan. I mean, just look what, you know, ask Brett Favre about playing for Rex Ryan. Well, <laughs> well we can't. We can't. We can ask him. We're not going to get an answer. He's not going to have much of an opinion. And he may also text you a picture of his junk. Here it is. Why would Peyton Peyton Manning come? Why would Peyton Manning come to this dysfunction, to the maelstrom that is the Jets? Why would he want to play for Rex? Ask Brett Favre how that worked out, playing for Rex. (laughs) You animal. That was an excellent fight. Unmitigated nerve. How dare you! <laughs> I, I, oh, you are na- that is that is an excellent Michael K. For somebody who doesn't listen to him, you have him I, down pat. I listened enough, and now he is on my he is on my do not listen list. That's right. He is he's got the circle with the line through it completely. I haven't listened to a word of him since July. He's got the he's got the Ghostbusters uh, <laughs> circle with the line through it. Over I have a T-shirt. His face in a in a circle with a line through it. Who are you going to call? Not Michael K. Oh, I love it. Oh, so good. Maelstrom. There was Cal, did you see today, also with K, Michael K had a party. He's He is the ultimate, somebody called him the ultimate Derek Jeter fanboy, and he really is. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's awkward. Unabashed. Yeah, I think I think when Jeter sees him coming in the locker room, Jeter's like, yeah, let's, uh, I'm going to go grab my edge and get out of here. Jeter, Jeter puts on a mask. Yeah. And pretends he's Jorge Posada, but that doesn't work either. <laughs> and Michael K <clears throat> must have accidentally not finished a tweet. And so his whole his whole tweet was just Jeter. <laughs> his tweet was one word and it was Jeter period. And so many people picked up on it and retweeted it like, well, that just about sums up Michael K. <laughs> Just like stream of consciousness, that's what's on his mind. Right. Jeter, 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 Jeter. It's like when you see Tebow on the sideline, sideline, and you're just right. like, Jesus, 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 Jesus. <laughs> what's going through his head right now? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Twenty-eight trap. Jesus, 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 Jesus. <laughs> Run a fly pattern. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Um, hey, let's not. You know, thou shalt not take Tebow's name in vain. Just be careful with that. Yeah. 
Exactly. If you if you wouldn't mind, well, I know how you feel about them, but we had the whole episode about the religion and the whole thing, and and mm. I hate religion mixed with my sports. I don't like it. I know it's not like your chocolate and your peanut butter. They are not two great tastes that go great together. Chocolate and peanut butter, by the way. Wow. Don't don't. I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> Giants Packers. That can wait a minute. Where are you going with this? Because this this could. This could get ugly. <laughs> this could. <laughs> I can see pop culture PJs jumping up and down on the other end of his. <laughs> he was like, you know, just kind of listening half-heartedly, and then when you mentioned chocolate and peanut butter, he started like fumbling around to get to the the microphone. All of a sudden, you're like, <laughs> did someone did someone say chocolate and peanut butter? <laughs> say that the way in his face. Say that the way in his face. You want to be my latex salesman? I don't think so. I know a lot about chocolate. I don't. Well, Cal, you're finding out a ton tonight about PJ. Tell him why you know a lot about chocolate, PJ. <laughs> Allow me to tell you the history of chocolate. We begin with the Just kidding. Cal, <laughs> this is, Cal, this is not even a joke. PJ I'm a traveling Wirt. documentary. Didn't you know that? <laughs> Travel, traveling PBS. How did you That's do right. that? That's remarkable. <laughs> I have my own theme music. It's remarkable. Cal, uh, PJ actually worked in a chocolate factory. It's true. I'm Willy Wonka. I'm a Keebler elf. It's true. It's, wow. Which, well, you can't say, but... And what did Jay name on the air? Uh, or are you going to get in trouble? I don't. It's okay. But what did you do in a chocolate factory? Um, I, uh, I I worked in the sensory lab for a while. <laughs> like in other words, an it actual was, paying job. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, right? How would you, how would you ever get this job? You have to be <laughs> uh, as good at tasting chocolate as I am. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. Chocolate, and I wow. also uh, answered phones and uh, occasionally put up paneling, and um, you know, hmm. I was an everyman. I had a hard hat. I was uh, allowed on the factory floor. <laughs> Worked at a chocolate factory. For those of you who don't know, uh, PJ is uh, a lover of food and wine, uh, but mostly food. <laughs> and working at a chocolate factory is apropos. Uh, if you take a look on our uh, show page right now, as the episode is playing, there's a picture of us in the show pictures from this episode. And uh, PJ is on the right. Um, Emma, is that the one where I'm dipped in chocolate? That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> He's the guy holding six chocolate bars. And, uh, yeah. No, uh, but PJ did work at a chocolate factory, Cal. Yes. Wait there's, a, wait, there's a picture of us on the show page right now? Oh, man. Do you, I mean, am I just out here by myself? I'm, well, I'm looking at the show page right interest. now. I mean, do you even go online? I'm looking at the show page right now. I don't no, stop. Go to the episode page. Cal is on the ARPANET, and he's using Netscape 4. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on I'm on Prodigy tonight. <laughs> Pop you serve. 
I can't. Okay. I, I, I just, I'm out here by myself doing the show by myself. I am on the episode website, episode 302. Yes. I don't. I don't the see pictures. It. The pictures will scroll. The pictures will scroll. Now, now everybody on this podcast can wait give, for you to see the picture right, of yourself. Him, yeah, give him a minute. He'll well, I don't have a brain. I am very proud to say that out loud. All it does <laughs> is get in the way of my cat-like instincts. <laughs> that is that is absolutely appropriate. Thank you. Right, have you seen it yet, Cal? No, there's no picture scrolling. On oh, for page. goodness sake. <laughs> He's got he's got the internet with no pictures. He's got the text only. He's still playing Zork. <laughs> it's there. Look, it's there. Let's get back to the giant game, please. All right. Well, before oh, we I want know, to hear chocolate you, peanut butter. I want the to chocolate know where peanut you're butter. Going. <laughs> where were you going with that? I was just. You said the two great tastes that go great together. I was going to ask you guys: Is there anything you could add to chocolate and peanut butter, which are unbelievable together? Can you add a third thing in? Because I can. I've done it, and it's magnificent. There's a lot of things you could add. No, no, but I'm I'm thinking of something very specific. And I wanted to see if I was crazy pants to think of this. I'm sure you are. Come on now. Oh, you <laughs> could add marshmallows. You, you could uh, go it, either way. It, you could you could make it you could make it savory. You could you could add a small pretzel. Be, I'm going oh, bacon. There it is, Cal. Wow, I love yeah. it. A little bacon. Uh, yeah. A little bacon. Yeah, not fatty bacon, though. Just real crispy meat right. only. Bacon, my friend. Bacon. Well, this is the kind of thing that we used to do in the sensory lab. We'd have bacon and chocolate and say, you know, would anybody buy this? Bacon, chocolate, and peanut butter sandwich. I got to go, with... guys. I'll be right back. Who's with me? Sandwich. Sandwich. Wow. Who's with me? Whose arteries? Who, whose arteries are we clogging? Sign me up. Can we get an intern to go out and get us sandwiches right now? <laughs> and and also give us angina that we will most certainly have from eating several of those. Um, back to the Packers and the and the Giants, Cal. Right. And not my bacon, peanut butter, and chocolate sandwich. That sounds really good, by the way. It does. Um, so here. This game I'm looking forward to. I think it's going to be a fantastic game. Again, not the matchup that the Packers. I think if you you know were honest, if they were honest with you, would say they wanted only because the Giants. And this has been talked about a ton. And we talked about it last week. The Giants do that thing, Cal. They can rush the passer with four guys. They don't need to blitz. They don't need to bring extra guys to get pressure. But two two aspects of this game I want to focus on. One is what we already mentioned, Eli Manning playing at a really high level, an elite level, making plays. He had that 14-yard run in the game against the Falcons. That may have been a turning point of the game because the offense was struggling. They couldn't move the ball. It was a big third-down run, walked down the field, and they scored. They were in control of the game from then on. He's playing at – he's not playing at the Aaron Rodgers level, but it's not far. He's not far off. He's he's playing at a tremendously high level. I think that gives he's won there already in the playoffs. I think that gives in uh, Lambeau Field. That's one thing. The other thing, Cal, is that I'm worried about Aaron Rodgers having like 22 days off. I'm not worried about it. I'm I'm as far as the game goes. If I'm a Packer fan, I'm worried about him having 22 days off. 
Didn't this hurt Peyton Manning a couple of years ago? Sure did. Yeah. Sure did. When they were undefeated and he rested for the last game of the season and they wound up not going to the Super Bowl. He rested a game and a half. Yep. If you if you recall. Well, no, not the 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 because they beat the Jets and went to the Super Bowl. They in the AFC lost. championship game. No, he but he rested the second half of the Jet game and then the following week. Oh, and the following week he was rusty in that game leading up to the Jet game. That's what you're saying. No. In week 16, he, he, <laughs> he came out in the second half of week, week 16 because that's, that's the only reason why the Jets made the playoffs that year. Thank you, Mr. Francesa. Go on. Right. And then he sat week 17. Yes. And then he was off for the bye week. Yes. And then he came back and was rusty against whoever it was. I forget who it was. They beat Pittsburgh? That might have been Pittsburgh. And then they beat the Jets. Yes. But I, I'm saying that's got to be – that that's somewhat of a concern. Now, he threw five touchdowns in the last game he played. Right. Um, I think the Giants can keep this game close. I really do. I would really be genuinely surprised if it's not a a close game. And I honestly think the Giants can win, Cal. I really do. I really do think they can win this game. I think they can put enough pressure on Aaron Rodgers to – uh, keep the game close to maybe force him into a mistake or two. Uh, hit him a couple of times. I I think the Giants uh, they showed they can run the ball a little bit now. Last week again, you can't use last week as a huge factor because the Falcons wore down. They're a smallish, fast defense. So by the you know by the third quarter, the Giants were ripping off seven or eight yards a run, and nobody seemed very interested in tackling Brandon Jacobs. They're a lot like the Falcons remind me a lot of the, uh, the Chargers a couple of years ago when the Jets beat them in the divisional round. They wore that team down, small, fast defense, and then Sean Green is all of a sudden ripping off 50-yard runs. Right. What do you think – what's your take on this game? What's your, what's your gut feeling going into this game? My gut feeling is that the Packers are going to win the game. Because the Packers are a better team. I mean, I don't, I don't think we can argue that point. The Packers are, are clearly a better team than the, than the Giants. But the Giants match up well against them. And they do things that give the Packers problems. And if you do things that give another team problems, you, you're creating that opportunity for yourself. You know? And the Giants have a history of, of performing in the playoffs. They get, they're getting hot at the right time, just like they did four years ago. And Ew. they're... Well, listen. <laughs> they are, they are well-equipped to take advantage of any opportunities that, that they create. And that's, and that's what I think is going to happen in this game. I think the way I see it playing out is I think the Packers are going to take advantage of the Giants' propensity to start slowly. And the Packers could jump out quickly in this game. You know, the Packers could jump out to me. Cal Stradamus. The Packers could jump out quickly in this game. <laughs> see, like a 14 nothing game. And then the Giants will get back in the game. And then I think what's going to happen is you're going to see this game come down to the fourth <clears throat> quarter. And the Giants can absolutely win this game. I don't think they will. I think in the end, the Packers are, are just going to have too much. They have too many weapons. I think Aaron Rodgers will be the difference in this game. But it should be it should be a close game. And don't discount the fact that the Packers have a little bit of uh, 
of retribution on their mind from from four years ago. Yeah, that's been entirely discounted. Like everybody loves to talk about the Giants' magical mystery tour run from four years ago, and, and et cetera, et cetera. And uh, right. meanwhile, the, the Packers were the team they beat, and Brett Favre. You know, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to gift wrap a ball for Aaron Ross the way Brett Favre did. Probably not. In that overtime, he's not as prone to making the mistakes that Brett Favre made in the playoffs the last, oh, say, 10 years of his career. Um, the matchups, though, just very specifically, Cal, when you have a good, as good a front four that's playing at the level that they're playing at with Tuck and Human Yor and, of course, Jason Pierre-Paul, it can mask a lot of deficiencies in the secondary, as it did four years ago when they went on that run and beat some really good passing teams. I don't know if it. I don't know if it can mask everything. No, I'll, t- I'll tell you though. They they played a very good game in the secondary on, on Sunday. Yes, you know much better much better than we expected. Corey Webster had a pretty good game. Um, the the prince, as as he's called, right? Like he's like he's actual royalty. <laughs> Amukamara. Yeah. Yeah. He 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 has improved since early in the season when when he was clearly overmatched. So I think that they're better than they've been. But you're right, that's probably their weak spot. And if that's their weak spot, Aaron Rodgers can certainly exploit that. Yeah. But you saw something last week that I think the Packers didn't see when they met them 6 weeks ago. And that was the emergence of Victor Cruz means a lot more single coverage for Hakeem Nix. And Hakeem yeah. Nix is a – I mean, Victor Cruz has had a dynamic season, but Hakeem Nix is a really good receiver, a <laughs> really solid receiver to get one-on-one. He's got great hands. He's a good possession guy. He's a big target, and he's got breakaway speed. So, so, you know, I, think he, I think he drops a lot, a lot of balls. Yeah. I mean, he's, I guess I, – I think he's reliable. I think he's got reliable hands, Cal. I, 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 you definitely like that matchup when he's one on one on against the corner. Well, you used to be able to double him, right? You, you can't double him now. Now you got to pick your poison and double Cruz or double and, and, you know, everybody's talking about the Giants' pass rush and how good it is, and and the Packers can put together a pretty potent pass rush as well. Absolutely, especially with one of the best pass rushing linebackers in the league in Matthews. Um. They need to get to Eli Manning. I mean, that's a huge. They can't just sit back and play defense. Uh, play, you know, sit back and they say, well, they, they can sit back and play defense. They're going to play defense. They can't just sit back in the secondary and play like a simple cover two and just hope for the best. Right. Do they have to bring pressure and get to Eli Manning? That's what you know. Nobody seems to be talking about. Like it's oh, you got to get to Aaron Rodgers. You got to get to Aaron Rodgers. What about slowing down Eli Manning? You got to get to Eli Manning too, and it's incumbent upon this this offensive line to have a big day. Yep, and he never takes a big hit. He never takes a big hit. He's just like his brother, Eli or Rogers. Eli Manning never takes a big. The biggest hit I've ever seen him take was in that preseason game with the Jets when he got bloodied. But that wasn't that wasn't even a hit. He banged into his own guy. Well, no, he got bloodied because he banged into his own guy. Oh, right. He he took the hit. hit. Right. The hit caused him. That's right. To bang into Jacobs. I mean, that was I was at that game. That was a brute. But he never takes a big hit. He's like Pace. Yeah, you're right about that. So you got to get pressure on Eli Manning now, Cal. Uh, we should uh, let's do this before we get into the other games. Let's do uh, let's do this. I keep hearing your concerns about my 
All right. It is time for the Swami to uh, come in here and make his picks for the uh, NF- NFL Divisional Playoff Round. And uh, Swam was uh, had a pretty good week last week, Cal. I think he went three out of four. I think the only game he lost was the uh, the Texans game, which I had, by the way. Just FYI. I had. You had that one. I did. I did. You did. Uh, let's welcome him into the program. The Swami. Hey, Swam. Hi, boys. What's happening? Nothing, dude. Hi, Swami. We're excited. Hi, Cal. Where you Where you going? Where are you calling from, Swamp? Well, I, I actually, I, I've been uh, I've been scouting uh, Lambeau Field. Oh, from nice. From a different point of view. What uh, point? The weather up here will be uh, a fact, as you know. And uh, the Goodyear people asked me if I could take the ride with them and uh, do a little uh, advanced uh, work for them. And uh, believe it or not, it looks good. Excellent. The good the good people at Goodyear. Well, they're good to me. <laughs> that, and that's all that matters. Swam, uh, let's get this out of the way before we uh, before we get to your picks for this week, this huge divisional round. Uh, you were three of four last week. Very good week for you. Um, uh, let's uh, let's take this opportunity to wish you a happy birthday, Swam. Oh wait, wait, wait! Did you say happy birthday? I did. I did indeed. Today is uh, is the Swami's birthday. Hey, look at that! Wow, that was that was great. Uh, PJ, while you were away, uh, the Swami has decided he's going to provide his own uh, sound effects and carts. So uh, that's uh, that was pretty good. Happy birthday, Swam! Thanks, guys. Yeah, and uh, let's let's get right to it because it's it's a big week. The divisional playoffs. Uh, there's there's four huge games on tap. Uh, let's get to the first one. I want to ask you about which one's team- that. The Tebow's and the Patriots. Ooh, you know I got to tell you the truth. I, I'm really impressed with Tebow, regardless of what other people think that uh, it's a mystical intervention. Uh, I think he's got some credit for him. But you know, we are talking about the uh, about the Patriots here. You know, mm-hmm. uh, last week, if you noticed, the home team seemed to do quite well uh, in, in the uh, results, right? Yep. Get one more. All right. And, one uh, more. There you go. That's what I'm saying. It's quite well as winning them all is quite well. <laughs> it is. Well, I don't like that. Uh, not a, not necessarily that helped me out because, you know, I, I thought possibly the Bengals could do something, but I guess what I thought didn't count. But you did well. You did well, uh, Sam Pete. You, you, you stood on top <coughs> of did. your game. I yeah. did. I, I did. Well, I learned from the master. Have to be emotionless, devoid of emotion. Take all emotion out of the equation and calls them like you see. I have to apologize. I have a mouthful of peanut butter and banana right now. And uh, so it's it's difficult to talk. Uh, And I just just put some bacon bits in. There you go. Now you're living, pal. Well, plus a shot of Tabasco. Yeah, plus a shot of Tabasco sauce. And I'm chasing that down with some Jack Daniels. (laughs) <laughs> Happy so. birthday, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Next, you're going to tell us you're at the Playboy Mansion throwing all this down. You're having a good time. 
Ah, good old Hugh Hefner. <laughs> yep. I knew him well. Mm-hmm. Or I knew him when, actually. Okay, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the Patriots. All right, fair enough. Now, uh, this other game... So I get a... Go ahead, go ahead. No, no, what were you going to say? Do you get a what? No, I was going to say that it, 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 it's possible that, that I could be wrong. I, I, I like to admit that right off the bat, but... Well, you like Tim the Tebow. Tebow. I, I think I think it'll it'll be a uh, uh, how should I put it a, uh, a welcomed uh, en- uh, entertainment vehicle for for Tebow, but you know I'm, I'm still going to go with the Patriots. All right, sir. Now, uh, Cal, what, uh, what's the next game we want? New Orleans. Yeah, we want to do New Orleans and San Francisco. Yeah, I'm I'm leaning towards San Francisco. Oh. I know that sounds oh. silly. No, yeah, no. I know. I, I, I know that sounds silly, but uh, there's just something that uh, the, the West Coast uh, has got that I, I think they could they could possibly go in and teach them the Saints a lesson. Last week's game, by the way, uh, should have been studied by high school coaches and teams all over the place. I mean, I, I thought it was a really uh, a fun game to watch. Yeah, 40, forty-five points. Uh, yeah, not for the guys they were playing. But right. <laughs> what, what, a, what a fun game to watch! I don't think they're going to have that easy a time this week. No, I don't think so either. And you, uh, you know, a lot of not a lot of people are giving the Forty ers much of a chance in that game, Swam. Even though they're home. I give I, no. I do give them. That's it. That's it. I'm, I'm giving them a, a chance. I don't think uh, right now uh, there is much of a pushover as uh, you know. I mean, they didn't get here by falling off a pumpkin truck. <laughs> That's correct. Be quite some truck. Yeah. A truck fit well, uh, fit for fifty four guys. That's a pu- that's a big pumpkin truck. That's and right. all those coaches and all the water and yeah, you got to have coaches and you got to have the Gatorade and and exactly. the vehicle carrier. Yeah. Now the next that's, game, Swam. Uh oh, the next game coming up. I, and I love that you're taking the Forty ers It's noted. The next game is the Baltimore Ravens hosting those Texans that you ignored last yeah, week. Yeah, I know. I know. That's the that's my stumper, actually, this week. It's you a know, tough game. Uh, it's a tough game. It is. It's a tough game. I mean, if you go by... If you if you go by roster to roster, you know, you can make uh, uh, points for either one of them. Uh, if you go by uh, home field advantage, you know, say, well, that did help, helped a lot in the past. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know... If you go by momentum, like who would you actually? Who would you two guys feel has the bigger momentum going into the game? That's an excellent question. I would I would say that uh, you know the Texans have some momentum on their side because they just won their first ever playoff game. <clears throat> They're starting to feel good about TJ Yates, even though he's a third string quarterback. I would say uh, quarterback. I would say they have some momentum, but that can go away in a hurry with the Ravens at home. What do you think, Cal? I, I think the momentum has to be with Houston because they won last week, and Baltimore has been sitting home for a week. But I agree with you. Once once you get into Baltimore, um, and you know Houston goes out and goes three and out on the first series, Baltimore scores at seven nothing, and the crowd gets behind them. That momentum that you had is gone. Yeah, it could go. It could. I, I think Houston has its swan, but I think it could dissipate quickly. Right. You know what I when, what I really enjoyed about last week's uh, the game of those two teams? It was like they were both rookie uh, quarterbacks. It wasn't like the uh, experience coming in and proving this, that, and the other. And they 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 you know, uh, they kind of like uh, showed you know the, the fact that you have to have more than one guy on a team 
Yeah, and nice to see the kids. Right, the kids feeling their way around the you playoffs. And, yeah, being team uh, players, yeah. Coming in with momentum is nice. It's all, all, all wonderful. But I think, once again, you, you, I'm going to go with Baltimore. Yeah, you got to go with the home team there. Uh, you know what's amazing about that game, Swam? We haven't talked about it yet. We were going to touch on it in a minute. Is you have T.J. Yates, who's a third-string quarterback. Yeah. And you and, and you have Joe Flacco for the Ravens, and you don't feel that much better about Joe Flacco than you do about the third-string quarterback for the Texans. Yeah, tell me about it. I mean, that's, that's a, sort of an indictment of Joe Flacco and where his career has gone. But, uh, I, you know, what I hear from all my, uh, my friends down there in, in D.C. and around the Baltimore area, that if we think Mark Sanchez is having a hard time, we should go down there for a weekend when Joe Flacco loses. Really? Oh boy, they 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 are just. I mean, if the if the defense gives up forty five points, it's Joe Joe Flacco's fault. You know, if, if if the fans are like, if their hot dog wasn't great at the stadium, Joe Flacco's fault. That bad, huh? Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's blame Flacco if the beer is flat. You know, it's it's wow. it's apparently it's really bad down there. This is a this is a big game for him. I think Cal, this is his first home playoff game. Is that possible? I don't think they've been home because the Steelers kept winning the division. Well, yeah, you're right. So I think this is Flacco's first home playoff game. That's a big I, – I like the Ravens there too, Swam. Uh, yeah, but yeah. you never know which you know which Joe Flacco's going to show up. Well, let's hope the one that they're paying all the money to. <laughs> right. <laughs> not, the, not the piano player. You know, not that would be bad. Player. That's right. Now, the, the last game, of course, uh, has the local interest – uh, Cal and I have been talking about it a bit, Swam. Uh, oh, the, yeah. The New York football giants will head to I un- Green I Bay. I understand that it's not the first playoff game at the new stadium. No, right, this, was, no this one's not. Because yeah. <laughs> no, no, okay. I know how much anxiety that caused you initially. Yeah, that was that was very yeah, enjoyable was, for me to was, hear that, that every was, eight minutes. That's Good right. As, as I understand. I, I, I can, Did they... Uh, I, I, did I they give the, Did they give the Falcons directions to the new stadium? Oh, come on. Did they because – Do they need directions? <laughs> well, it might not have helped. Uh, All right, let's, you, go, let's go into that game. Now, we are talking about the Giants going into the underdogs, right? Yes. All right. Now, yep. the momentum issue, as we just spoke about before, uh, might not even be a factor with these guys. They know okay. what they have to do. They've been there before. A lot of them, and they, their work is cut off them. They have to beat the best team in football. Yeah, that's right. I think I one of the things I think one of the things that uh, I was looking into was the Ryan factor. Right? Is there a Ryan to beat on this team? Exactly. I mean, we <laughs> there is. We beat the, I, there's several Ryans. You know, but he's not playing though. Who? Wait, wait. Which Ryan? Who are you beating? What? Ryan Grant. Oh. There's Ryan Grant. I mean, it's gotta, uh, gotta be last name there. Ryan. No, it doesn't. Oh, it has to be last. Oh, wait, wait. Make it work. Now, we're, now we're putting parameters on this. It's a, a last name Ryan. Oh, okay, sorry. There's a, there's a Flynn. There's a Ryan Pickett. There's a Ryan Pickett. And so you like the Ryan aspect of it? All right, I didn't like that. Well, I didn't say I like it, but I think you have to look into it. It seems like you know, three weeks in a row, the Ryans have you know bit the dust. Yeah. Yeah, they've had a good it time beating Ryan. It could very well be, you know? Yeah. I mean, Rogers, Ryan, Ryan, Rogers, Rogers. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Aaron Rodgers. 
Yes. All right. It's um, almost Ryan. It's almost it's almost <laughs> like a guy with two friends. Well, I have a plan I do not have yet. <laughs> As well you should. <laughs> I uh I I Now I, we I, have to you have to I as they always say devoid of any emotional uh uh input into this the Giants uh, on any given day, as we all know, can beat any given team. I think the first half is what's going to make the game. Okay. And hopefully, uh, as you pointed out, there's been a lot of time off for that Green Bay Packer team. Yep. They may have all gone home and gotten their jacuzzis and you know had their uh, their spa uh, treatments and. Right. Can you can you hold off on eating the bear claw till after we segment? It's his birthday. Let him do it. Whatever he wants. You, sh- you should have never said peanut butter. You know what that's like? That's like waving a potato chip in front of somebody who's on a diet. I understand that, but you know, peanut butter is not the best choice when you're on air on a podcast. Is what I'm saying. Nobody's listening. <laughs> it's oh, zing! <laughs> there it is. There it is. We almost got through the segment without being... Without... <laughs> Tonight, the part of Debbie Downer will be played by the Swami. Thanks, uh, Swami. Uh, Good night, everybody. Thanks. <laughs> okay, so who are you guys picking? Uh, I am taking the Giants. Wow. Yeah. Wow, it's like the kiss of death, but go ahead. How about you, Cal? <laughs> Now I'm gonna take the Packers. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, 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 I certainly would not be surprised uh, if this was uh, a upset weekend. You know, San Francisco doing their thing and the Giants doing their thing. So put my nod in favor of the blue guys. All right. So the Swam likes the Giants too. Well, since you And I think it will be as I said, I think it will be determined in the first half. If they go out and and show that they can uh, stop, you know, Rogers, and at least give him a, a, a you know run for his money. Then I think they can go into the second half, you know, feeling good. Obviously, all bets are off if they score forty five to three, uh, you know, <laughs> when they go into the locker room. <laughs> That's true. Well, Swam, uh, since you've uh, eaten peanut butter while on the air and ripped on the show. Oh no no no! No one ripped on the show. <laughs> I think uh, I think we can wrap this up. <laughs> well, sure, sure. Kick me off, right? Send me out to the street with no clothes. I don't care. No, no, Swamp. <laughs> wow. Yeah. We got very serious. Uh, Swamp, we love you. So let's just to recap: we, uh, you like the 49ers at home? You like the Ravens Roger. at home? Oh, did I say Rogers? Oh my God. You like the Ravens at home, you like the Patriots at home, and you like the Giants in the upset special to yeah. beat the Packers. All right. I, I mean, love- you know, just one quick note. The, yes. the professionals who do this for a living have only made the Packers seven and a half point, you know, uh, favorites. Yeah. Seven, Not a huge favorite. Seven and a half points could be like, you know, one oops. That's know? right. <laughs> one oofa. That's it. They go oofa. <laughs> <laughs> there you Thanks. go. Down Thanks. the field, off they scurry, you know, <laughs> with the little helmet in hand. But uh, well, we'll we'll talk about this next week. 
Okay, pal. And, and, and uh, good luck to you guys, and keep your powder dry. All right, so I'm happy birthday and again, right, pal. Thank you, appreciate that. Now we have to bring this ship down to for a landing. Uh, there's just X amount of fuel that goes into these uh, uh, lighter-than-air ships. So <laughs> you guys take care. All right, pal. Happy birthday, Swami. Uh, the Swami there, checking in. Got it in. Made fun of us. Got it in. Wow. Oh, I love him. You know I love him. I know you do. He took his. He takes his shots. I just love the idea that he thought eating a peanut butter sandwich would be a great idea right before you go on a Aaron Burr. <laughs> Um, let's get back to the uh, the NFL playoffs, Cal, and then we have to talk about the Jets because it would be silly pants, crazy town if we didn't talk about the guy that we've been calling, whose job we've been calling for for three years mm-hmm. gets, gets fired, and we're not going to talk about it. But um, uh, I I do think the Giants are going to win this game. I really do. I think I can see them upsetting uh, the Packers in this game. I could see them winning a game like. Oh, I could see them. I could really see them winning a game like 38-35, like a big high-scoring game like that, uh, winning late, and one of those, whoever has the ball last wins. I, I really can. can absolutely see that. Yep. I could see JPP uh, wrecking things, and uh, I think the Giants really do match up. Now, I think New Orleans is going to beat the 49ers. Because Most people do, yeah. Well, and I don't think the 49ers are getting what they hoped for. Cow, which is like rain and right. sneak to, to, to slow down the Saints. Um, I don't think you can play the 49er game with the Saints. The, the, the game that the 49ers have won all season is that 1913 game. You know, where, Against Pittsburgh? Where, where Akers has like seven field goals inexplicably. Oh, okay. And uh, they just play complete ball control and they have an excellent defense. I think they have the best defense left in the playoffs. I think they're better than the Ravens. I mean, you have you have a shot getting the Saints out of the Superdome. No, no, absolutely. You know, absolutely. you at least have a shot to beat them now. But I don't think you. I don't think they will. I, I think the Saints will win this game uh, because I think the Saints can do enough on defense to get off the field. And it's. I hate to use the sports guy here, but you sort of have to. If I'm given a choice between Drew Brees and Aaron Smith, I got to take Drew Brees. Yeah. Aaron Smith? Is it Aaron Smith? Uh, no, it's Alex. Smith. Alex Smith. I always did that. Aaron Rodgers and Alex Smith. Take How it. about if it was Aaron Smith? Then would that change your opinion of this game? I would take Aaron Smith in this Over game. Over Drew Brees? I would take That's correct. Because wow. Aaron Smith is a guy I created on Madden and drafted. So he he's good. This Alex Smith, I'm not so sure about. I don't feel great about him. Um, no, but I, I, I and I can't. Smith. I can't see the Giants going into New Orleans and winning. So I think the dream is over next week. Uh, but I I can see the Giants winning this game. I think the uh, Saints will win this game. The the AFC games are fascinating to me for the reasons I mentioned before about Flacco. Because I don't know what Ravens team is going to show up. And, I, and I've thought all year that that Ravens defense is overrated. Sorry, it is. Now, it's a different defense at home. But I think they're overrated, Cal. The, the Ravens brand is what carries them. 
Right. You know, it's when when you think Ravens defense, you automatically assume that it's just a dominating defense, and it's it's good, but it's nowhere near what it once was. And I and I agree. I think it's overrated right now. Doesn't Andre Johnson? I mean, if he's remotely healthy, which he showed to be a bit last week, doesn't he give them problems, Cal? I mean, he's he's got that secondary's not that good. They're old. Yeah. If you can give, I can't believe I'm going to say this. If you can give TJ, don't call me Tyler Yates. Some time, he can make some hay off the play action passing to Andre Johnson. Andre Johnson's a beast. Yeah, he is. He is like a ten catch, two hundred and five yard day waiting to happen. I I don't know if it's against the Ravens, but I I I think the Ravens are a lot of reputation right now, and I don't know which Joe Flacco shows up. I know the one that shows up, no matter which one it is, will have thick eyebrows. <laughs> A unibrow, I would I, that regardless no, if it's if it's I'm just saying, Brian. I don't think that that's true. That's the common trait between all the Flaccos. A unibrow, the good Flacco and the bad Flacco all have a thick brow. Yeah. One of my favorite lines from uh, A League of Their Own: "Eyebrows, there should be two. <laughs> uh, it's a little funny. It's a little funny. And then of course the uh the T Bows and the Patriots, Cal. Let's can we can we talk about the the Steelers Broncos game for a half a second from last week? Of course we can. I mean Really? Really? <laughs> Did that happen? Was I watching that? That's all you want to say? That's all you want to say, yeah. No, really? really? No, seriously. We were getting a kick out of the fact that the uh the announcers were trying to um Nancy Sims were, were were going over the new rules, the overtime rules, right? Right. Uh, you know, and and emphasizing that you know the new rules state that both teams shall have a, a chance with the ball in overtime. <laughs> right. And then Tebow hits Demarius Thomas, and uh, bing bing bing, boom boom boom. Good night. The lights. It's over. Right. Unless, of course, the first play from scrimmage is an eighty-yard touchdown. Unbelievable. It was. Yeah. It really. I mean, I I know. We know how you feel. It's well documented. How you feel about the guy? Yes. You have. You had to admit that was that was pretty remarkable. Okay. Wow. You you are just you are a tough cookie. It was a great it was a great performance. Why do I have to say that it's godly or otherworldly? I never said it was godly or otherworldly. It was it was pretty. I mean, have you ever seen anything like that? Have, have I you ever? ever have you ever seen a quarterback a playoff... throw for 316 yards in a playoff game? Yeah, I've seen it. Okay, great. How have you ever seen an NFL playoff game end on one play like that, on the first play from scrimmage? Have you ever seen it? In overtime? Have you ever seen an NFL playoff game end on one play from scrimmage in overtime? Not off the top of my head. That's probably because you haven't, Steve. Okay. You haven't. Okay. So how can you not say that something you've never seen before, ever, is not <laughs> the slightest bit remarkable? Fine. It's remarkable. All right. It's not. Look, God didn't decide that that was how it's going to happen. Are you sure? On Sunday. No, I'm not sure of that. Okay. 
I, I, I'm just I'm looking at it from a from a more pragmatic standpoint. From a football from a football perspective, that was pretty. It was pretty remarkable what happened. Yes, it was. And what was even more remarkable were the amount of replays of that one play that were shown consecutively. I think it clocked in at maybe 33. Ike Taylor did not have a good day. No. That's a rough day. Ike Taylor's family is like, they're showing it again. Oh, my goodness. Can I ask? Can, can I ask where the safety help was though? Well, before before we crucify Ike Taylor, they uh, got to use crucify. Can we not? I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> um, the uh, apparently they had run on twenty one of twenty two first downs, and they had done it every time. They'd run every time. Uh, it, it, in other words, the, the Broncos were saving that play. I don't know why they didn't run it in the fourth quarter, but okay, they were saving that play almost it seemed for overtime where uh, it, on that particular motion, they ran the ball like 21 of 22 times. So the safety bit, the safety figured it was going to be a run, gamble, okay. came up in the box and left Ike Taylor by himself. Right. So it, it was a remarkable find. Let's move on. Okay. Okay. Uh, to this week when they play the Evil Empire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you What do you do in this game? I <clears throat> I don't think there's any. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that. You don't know what's going to happen. I don't think there's any way you can possibly predict what's going to happen. What should happen in this game is the Patriots do to them what they did to them five weeks ago or four weeks ago. Right. Um, they should blow them out of the building, especially at home. Uh, Tom Brady, as bad as that defense is, and it's bad. Uh, Tom Brady has that offense playing at such a high level. No one can cover Gronkowski. No one can cover uh, Hernandez. Uh, They should blow them out of the building. What's going to happen, I'm not willing to say. Okay. Because Tebow Tebow and the Broncos season has defied all NFL logic. Mm. It has. They've defied NFL logic on a weekly basis. And just when you thought they came back to the mean that they're supposed to be at, and he had three weeks where he completed nine passes over the course of three weeks. <laughs> the last three weeks of the season, and they lost three games in a row. He he goes 10 of 21 for 316 against the Steelers and rushes for 50 yards. Right. And averages 31 yards a, a pass. So I they defied all logic. I am not making predictions. You lose. You get Nothing. Good day, sir. All right, don't make a prediction, but as a card-carrying member of the Patriots Hate Club, and also as a member of someone who is, you know, doesn't think Tim, Tim Tebow is that great after all, what do you do in this game? How do, do you do you not watch it? No, I do watch you, it. I watch it enthralled. Uh, uh, in, in do you watch it with your arms crossed and a discerning eye? Like, mm, yeah, let's try to impress me. Yeah. How, what do you do in this game? First of all, I can't believe I sound like that. That's upsetting. You do when, when, when you hate both sides. Correct. <laughs> right. That's a very good impression of me when I don't like the teams I'm... Right. Uh, you, you grow a thin mustache and wear a monocle also for some reason. I, uh, that's correct. I, I turn into Mr. Monopoly, apparently, when I'm... <laughs> When I don't like the teams that are playing. 
I hope these teams lose. Rabble, rabble, rabble. Um, no, I watch it. Uh, I watch it intrigued. I'm a, I'm a fan of the NFL, and it's not for a Super Bowl. So, uh, you know, I, I, I can watch it as a fan and just watch it and appreciate the, the bizarre oddity that it is. Okay. Um, and you know, uh, hope that uh, whoever comes out on top loses the next week. That's about it. Because I don't like the Broncos. I didn't like the Broncos before Tebow got there. No, that's true. They kept us from the Super Bowl. and Well, us. I didn't have a jersey that year. Um, <laughs> they, no, they kept the Jets from the Super Bowl in 98. And I don't think the Jets will ever get to the Super Bowl. I you know I've kind of I've kind of gotten all wrapped up in this Tebow stuff, so yeah you you got Tebow mania kid I do I, you know I'm I'm ashamed to admit it but I'm, I'll be rooting for Denver this week. Nice. Well, we got uh, I, I I wanted to that's fine. Knock yourself out, kid. Hey. I'm never gonna get on your case about rooting against the Patriots. That's never a problem for me. Yeah, you got, you got to root against the Patriots. Right, and again, I'm not. I don't have any rooting interest as far as like I don't care who wins. I'm just intrigued to see this oddity of a football game. Right, because, because again, everything with Tebow has completely defied any sort of NFL convention. So I say good day to that game. Delicatum. Um, Cal, we we need to talk about the Jets. We need yeah. to talk about the Jets. We're and, running short on time. I just we're noticed. Okay. We're okay. If we, we, you know, we could do 10 minutes on the fun load. That's fine. But there's so much to talk. Mm. And the Jets today, with the Schottenheimer stuff, Cal, it was like Scott, my brother, said there was a great, uh, there's a great line on the lighthouse, uh, com, which is the, uh, the Islanders, uh, a great Islander uh, blog, where the guy wrote, uh, my God, I woke up from the from the most awesome dream. You know, the the Islanders destroyed the Red Wings five to one, and the Jets fired Schottenheimer. It's like it was just such a. And then somebody replied to that. Uh, no, it couldn't have been a dream. The Wilpons still own the Mets. Right. That's oh. that's how you knew it was reality. Right. Um, the 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 Jets finally let Brian Schottenheimer go. We knew this was happening. I said it last week, Brian. You said it last week. We guaranteed he would not be the offensive coordinator of the Jets this year, despite what the Jets were having to say in press conferences and whatnot. Uh, we knew they were going to try to let him get another job. He didn't get the Jacksonville job, so they dismissed him, just like I said they would, just like you said they would. And you know what? I will break my arm patting myself on the back on this because the media killed them over and over again about, oh, they're going to bring – and they just wanted the Jets to be caught in a lie. That's all. Right. And they got they got what they wanted, and they got their wish because everybody knew that Brian Schottenheimer was not going to be back, right? And everybody knew that they were just letting him pursue another job so they could get out from the three point two million dollars of the contract when that didn't happen, and they feared that Tony Sperano, who they wanted, might go somewhere, and they bought him out. That was it. They bought him out. That was that, and there was nothing we could do. Now, Brian Schottenheimer out, Tony Sperano in. On the same day as this, the Jets beat writer Manesh Mehta writes a scathing, scathing article that obviously he's been prepping for two weeks Mm -hmm. with a ton of unnamed anonymous sources, both players and administrators or sources close to the organization, my personal favorite, which, which basically means it could be the ball boy. 
um, ripping Mark Sanchez as lazy, not a leader. They should go get Peyton Manning. He's never going to get it in New York. He's babied by the organization. He was confused by the game plans that Schottenheimer was putting out there, um, which should be an indictment of Schottenheimer, by the way, but we'll get to that. <laughs> right. And not an indictment. It doesn't mean Mark Sanchez is stupid. It means that the game plans were too complex. Just because they were complex doesn't mean they were good. Um, so this all comes out today. Teammates throwing each other under every bus available. Meanwhile, the Jets hire Tony Sperano and are bringing in Todd Haley tomorrow. Actually, Cal, it was supposed to be today, but it's going to be tomorrow. Okay. He flew in tonight. Uh, Sperano is the offensive coordinator. Will probably take over as O line coach because Bill Callahan is gone. Haley, they'll probably offer assistant coach and quarterbacks coach or wide receivers coach. So you figure Matt Cavanaugh is gone. Uh, I think this is a great hire. I have no problem with this hire. They obviously need to simplify what they do on offense. They're going to go from a zone blocking scheme to a man blocking scheme, which is considerably simpler uh, or more simple if I'm using proper English. Uh, Tony Sperano is a Parcells guy. It's going to be interesting to see how he mixes with Rex Ryan, who is decidedly not a Parcells guy. <laughs> uh, Sprano has one year of calling an offense. That was 06 under Parcells, where he shared the responsibilities of offensive coordinator with Todd Haley. That's what the Jets are trying to recreate here. He called the plays in 06, Cal. They were fourth in the league in points and fifth in yardage. And that was Tony Romo's first year. Tony Romo took over after six games. Okay, so... Good history there. Obviously, he's more of a run-first guy. That fits Rex. Now, my question to you is this, first of all. You said today that you had a great point, a thesis, you said. I did. About player co players' coaches, the idea of a player's coach. That's right. Right? Let's have it, pal. Let's have it. Well, the thing with a player's coach, and it's – and. It kind of works both ways. It works when you have a real taskmaster, you know, and, and the best way to compare them is, is Coughlin and Ryan. It's just it, for New York purposes, it's easy to just compare the two of them. Coughlin and Ryan are just at, at, are at complete opposite ends of the spectrum. And when you have somebody like that and you're not performing, it, it, it's in any sport. You go for the opposite. You always go for the opposite. And in this case, the Jets had Eric Mangini, and then they went for the complete opposite in Rex Ryan. And when Rex came in, it was a breath of fresh air. Everything went great for the team. The players loved the way that Rex kind of took a hands-off approach, and he had their back, and he let them do whatever they want. You know, feel free to speak your mind. And it's like, hey, you know, this, this is great. So now this is a player's coach comes in changes the atmosphere, and right away they were, they were fairly successful. They had a, they had a, a rough middle part of the year, but they were fairly successful that first year, but the culture had changed and everything was, was, was going well. The second year, of course, they had even more success. They had the, the hard knocks, you know, on HBO, and, and we got an insight into, into how they ran camp a little bit, and everything was going great. The players coach, you know, everybody loves Rex. Rex has our back. We're winning. Everything's great, and that is all fine and good until things start to go south. And when things go south and you have a player's coach that has enabled this behavior for two years, 
they don't know how to handle when things go bad. They just don't know how to do it. And if you look at the team, there's some veterans on the team, but they got rid of a lot of respected veterans that would know how to handle when things get bad. You know, a lot of guys on this team, they were young, young players, not used to failing in the NFL, and they don't know what to do. So now Rex has created this situation where he's a player's coach, and that's great when you're winning, but it, a player's coach is the worst possible leader when you're losing because the group does not know how to respond to that. If you have a guy that's more balanced and doesn't, doesn't puff you full, you know, and, and I hate to agree with Joe Namath, but Namath might have nailed this all along. And we all just kind of dismissed him as you know, the ramblings of a crazy old man who's just looking to stay in the spotlight. But maybe he had it right all along. Maybe you pump a guy up full of, full of hot air, there's no substance to him. You know, there's nothing there. So that when that balloon pops and all the air is gone, you're left with nothing and you don't know how to handle it. And that's the danger with a player's coach. You know, and Rex now has to change. And the talk of bringing Todd Haley in, who is, who is again, completely opposite of Rex Ryan, maybe they play a little good cop, bad cop. Maybe Rex has to be less of a, uh, a social coordinator with this team and more of a coach who's got his hand in everything. You know, he's got the opportunity to, to change and he has the opportunity to turn things around here. But unfortunately, he, he's kind of created the situation where now players are throwing each other under the bus and unnamed sources are coming out and saying that Sanchez is not the right guy to lead this team. And, you know, when I said I joked before when I said, you know, you said they threw everybody under the bus and I said, well, did they? Because as the day went on, the first thing we heard this morning was that everybody was throwing Sanchez under the bus. And then as the day went on, you had a guy like Nick Mangold come out and support Sanchez. And then you come to find that some of the players that heard these comments were shocked by these comments. They don't know where they came from. So it was, it was kind of a sensational story that started out. And it turned into more of, I, I, again, as is always the case, much ado about, about not a lot, you know, um, so the, the whole point of, of, of this was that Rex, as the players' coach that everybody loves, doesn't prepare this team for uh, adversity. They don't know how to handle adversity. And he's got an opportunity now to try to turn that around and to, to really, you know, when, when camp starts, get everybody in, in the room. You know, stand up. Get, and, and, and they've been saying it on the radio, air, air all the dirty laundry. Let's just get it all out there, all right? Whatever you want to say, let's say it. Let's do it in here behind closed doors, not in the media. Empty out, you know, sort of like emptying out the trash, cleaning it up, and then starting from scratch. And they've got an opportunity to do that, and that's the only way this team will be successful because it's clear there's a lot of broken parts in that room. And the only way that it's going to get fixed is if he starts over. Um, and it'll be very interesting to see if he has the ability to do that. We, we talked about this a little bit last week. Does Rex Ryan have the ability to change? Um, we both kind of agree that the media won't allow him to change. But maybe that's fine. Maybe he doesn't need to change in the media as long as he changes behind closed doors, as long as he changes with the team. That's really the most important thing. And I'd be curious to see if he's able to do that. I uh, <clears throat> wow, 
uh, first of all, no a mouthful. I, I'm sorry. Not at all. I think it's a. I think it's a. I love your theories, and I'd love a leaflet or a pamphlet if you have one. On the, I've got you, some literature. I think you got to end the show sure. right now. <laughs> Good night, everybody. You got to end the show right now because that was that was the best thing he's ever said. Wow. Most are, we ever en- are we ending the show forever? <laughs> yes. You can come back in a different format. You want to come back and do comedy or something? That's fine. But I think you may, maybe you just kill me off right now and, and bring in a new co-host. <laughs> right. Speaking I, of the uh, so- soap opera. In terms of content, I think you guys have just reached your zenith. And uh, That's it. anything from here, it's gonna it's gonna be silly and a little bit sad. <laughs> well, wait, just wait for me to jump the shark. Just hold on. I uh, <laughs> uh, I was what I what I was gonna say. I love this thesis. My question to you would be in this specific instance with the Jets and Rex, uh, does hiring a disciplinarian? I mean, you you touched on the Haley thing a little bit. Uh, on on trying to bring Todd Haley in, and I frankly I don't want them to let Todd Haley leave the building tomorrow without a contract, uh, because I think they need to bring him in, uh, because I think he's exactly what Brian or what Mark Sanchez needs at this point in his career. I really do. I think he needs. You know, we get all over Tom Brady when he gets all pissed off at a receiver or he rips on a receiver for running the wrong route or whatever. Uh, but you know what? His teammates respect him for doing that. Now, granted, you can't just do that if you're Mark Sanchez in year one. But Mark Sanchez in year four or even year three this past year, in week 14 when Santonio Holmes runs the wrong route and you throw the ball behind him, you should be te- – tear him up on the sideline. Be right, well, a captain. There's a way to do it. You do it on the sideline. Exactly. Be a captain. And, and I think Todd Haley yay, can bring that to Mark Sanchez. And make him a little ornery, because I think he's got it in him. I think he's afraid to do it because he's a pleaser. He wants to please everybody. It's true. But does Rex, with your with your friendly coach thesis, does Rex need to bring in Todd Haley? Can that save what Rex is as a coach? Because he can't change. He can't suddenly turn into a disciplinarian. So you can go from one to the other. You can be the disciplinarian who becomes a more uh, uh, player-friendly coach. You can't go the other way. Well, I think you can. You just you can't go all the way, but you can certainly incorporate pieces of it into your personality. But, a little but, bit. It's, I, I, a little bit, but, but that's much easier to go one way, to go from... Oh, no doubt. Much, I mean, look, much look easier. Look at Coughlin, right? Look at Coughlin in that 07 season where he was he was this ranked disciplinarian who the players hated, and if you weren't five minutes early for a meeting, you were late. Right. And everybody said, he's got to soften up, he's got to soften up. And he did, and so many of the players attributed that run to the fact that Coughlin became a little more of a player's coach. It's much easier to me to to, to show a little soft side. Think of it this way. It's, it's a lot easier for the square to put the lampshade on his head than for the guy with the lampshade on his head to all of a sudden be Mr. Serious. Is anybody eating goldfish in this scenario? I, they all are. Everybody watching the lampshade guy would be eating goldfish. Who are trying to fit into a phone booth or the back of a VW bug as well? <laughs> uh, yeah, this is Benny Hill we're watching right now. Correct. 
I think I, honestly, but you get it. I, I do. I get it, and I think it's spot on. And and I would say in, in the jet specific situation, they have to. They had to hire a guy like Sperano, who is a Parcells disciple, who is a oh boy. I hate using the word disciple. He is from the uh, Parcells tree, uh, and and cut his teeth under Bill Parcells. Was handpicked by Bill Parcells to be the coach of the Dolphins. It, what I'm trying to say is a Bill Parcells guy. Um, but I think you need a guy like that uh, to be the ying to the because you had a very player friendly coach supposedly in Schottenheimer, in the sense that he was a younger guy who was mm-hmm. one, wanted to be one of the boys, and you saw in Hard Knocks he was like cutting it up with them, and you know I don't think Mark Sanchez is going to be putting pictures of unicorns on Tony Sperano's you know desktop. Um, <laughs> so I think you're spot on now. Let me let me. What I haven't heard out of you today, because we had a show tonight, not not because you were like ignoring me, is is do you like the Sperano hire? Because Jet fans immediately, of course, Jet fans being Jet fans, immediately were pissed off. Right. right. I can't even have a good day. They fire Schottenheimer finally. They get rid of him, and they gotta rush and go get Tony Sperano. They all call him Tony what's, Soprano. Though. What's the rush? What's the rush? Well, the, the, the rush, rush is it's the NFL, and he'll probably get another job. And if well, here's the other, well, you have the guy that you want, why not go hire him? Well, the other question is, who do you want? Who do these people want? Who do these people want to be the offensive coordinator? Yeah, they want a combination of you know Don Coriel and uh, Sean Payton. Right and and uh, you know Vince Lombardi. Yeah, maybe Sean Peaton will uh, will ask to get out of his contract in New Orleans and come and be the offensive coordinator for for the Jets. Good, good. Right after the Mets trade for Pujols. Right. Um, the I do you do you like the hire? I don't. You know, I'm I'm not over the moon with it. By any stretch of them, you know, I didn't. I didn't hear the news and, and immediately go skipping down the street. I heard the news of Schottenheimer being, you know, the Schottenheimer left, and that was what made me happy. And at and that point, skipping down the street. That I was skipping down the street. Um, what is two in the morning? What weird, is but. what is Brian doing? <laughs> um. So with that, you know, that was one of those addition by subtraction things. Once Schottenheimer was gone, it doesn't really matter who it is. I'm willing to give anybody else a chance as long as, it, as, as it's a different mindset and a different opinion. So Sperano, you know, Sperano may be one of these guys who's not cut out to be a head coach. He's got a good offensive mind, mm-hmm. and maybe that's, maybe that's his lot in life is, is to be a really good assistant that develops uh, good systems. Well, and he was also only two games under 500 with the Dolphins and won a division with the likes of Chad Pennington, Chad Henney, and Matt Moore as his quarterbacks. And he took so, a team that was, what, 0-7 and, and had them play hard for the rest of the season? And they were 4-9 and nine when he got fired. And, and you know, I, I'm not saying he's a great head coach, but he's not, he's not terrible. He was only two ga- I mean, he was only two games under 500 as a head coach with a team where he never really had a quarterback. And he won a division, right. which is something that Rex hasn't done and apparently is the biggest deal in the world to Mike Francesa. Um, I, I I understand what you're saying. I agree. It's it's not the kind of hire that you go. Oh wow! Like maybe we've discovered 
plutonium here. Right. Uh, that that you know you went and got Joe Lombardi, the offensive, uh, the uh, quarterbacks coach for the Saints, or something like that. Like, oh, maybe we have the next up and comer. Right. That's what, I think that's what people wanted to see was a right. guy that came from a team with a prolific offense. Right. I do think it's a it's a perfect hire for this team now for two reasons. One, it's Rex's guy. He finally gets his guy. Finally got to choose who he wants, and he fits with Rex's mindset of what he wants the team to do. Right. He wants the team to be able to run the ball first, period. And two, Bri, and I, the more and more I read about the offensive schemes that he and Haley worked on in, with the Cowboys, the offensive scheme that Haley had with the Cardinals. Don't forget, he was the Cardinals offensive coordinator from 07 to 09, including the Super Bowl year of 08, where they had one of the most, you know, they averaged like 292 yards a game passing. Right. Okay. With, uh, uh, you know, granted they had Kurt Warner, who turns out quietly is one of the better quarterbacks of our era. But um, but still, good offensive mind there. They need to simplify. And it's not because, again, it's not because uh, uh, Mark Sanchez is dumb. He's not dumb. Okay, because Brett Favre and Chad Road Scholar Pennington said the same things about Schottenheimer's offense. They're too it's too complex. Just because there's complexity there doesn't make it good. And I always got that feeling with Schottenheimer. We've said it a million times. He wants to be the smartest guy in the room. Look yep. how look how smart and creative and, and, and clever my offense is. Right. And when you and when you have a quarterback who does a certain thing well, why put in wrinkles every week that he's not going to get? It's just it's it's stubborn and pigheaded. And they well, need and they need simplification. They need simplification. It ultimately cost him his job. Good. Should have cost him his job three years ago. Well, I, th- I think in the end, the lesson learned here is um, you you got to adapt. Yeah, and to learn how to adapt and work with the talent that you have. And don't drop back 67 times against the Giants in a game when you're getting seven yards a clip running the ball. That's, that's, also, another, that's, that's another lesson. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I, I I think it's a good eye. One last thing uh, on this, Brian. Yeah. Was uh, – oh, shoot. Oh, man, it was about uh, Sanchez. Oh, Sugar. Was it about the comments that, that, that Sanchez? Well, I don't hard? have a brain. I am very <laughs> proud to say that out loud. All it does is get in the way of my cat-like oh. instinct. I got it. See, you bought me time there, PJ. Good job. <laughs> you bought me just enough time to remember. You know what my favorite part of all of this was today? You know what the best part of all of this was with the Jets today? You ready? Yeah. They didn't hold a press conference. They did all of this by statements released from the team. No Rex Ryan. No live taking questions. No fanfare and bluster. They released a statement saying that Schottenheimer resigned and saying they had hired Tony Sperano. No back pages. No guarantees. None of that. The proclamations. No proclam. I mean, am I wrong? When's the last time? When's the last time this jet regime with Rex Ryan has done anything without having a press conference? 
Never. Uh, never. The answer, the answer is never. When have they done it by statement? And did Good. you did you read rec- again? We said I said it. He's trying to change. He gets it. He does not want to lose what is his dream job. He gets it. It's almost to the point where you think like they did a press release because he can't be trusted to keep his mouth shut in front of microphones. Could well, you know what? It could be. It yep. could be. And also, you're coming. A, you're coming a week after Tannenbaum had to go and make the rounds and and essentially lie through his teeth, right? About what and, was going and, on. And, and Rex did too. Rex went on but, 50 and did it. But at least they recognized that it wouldn't be fair to them to put them out in front of the media today, a week no, after it. Because there's no need. There was no need for it. You're right. Yeah. Done well. They, one, they handled it well. One simple statement out of Rex. I sat down with Tony, and I knew he was the right guy for the offense at this time. Period. Right. And Can I ask you guys a question? Of course. Would you go on record? Are you saying that this is a new leaf? Are they, are new, they making uh, a real attempt to turn over a new leaf? I'll put it to you this way, Peach. The answer to my question, the answer to that question for me would be: I waited all day for the press conference, and I never got it. So yes, I do. I was ex- fully expecting a press conference with Sperano or Rex Ryan or Tannenbaum or somebody. They didn't even so much as go on a radio station. They they, they said we've hired him. And they released a press. Yes. Sorry, I went long on my answer. Yes, Cal. I believe they're trying. What? Never mind. You don't want to hear. Is that what no, so in other words, that is a sign. Steve's reading that as a sign that they are, in fact. Oh. See how quick he turned on you, Cal? I, I'm, I, I was a little defensive. A minute oh, no, ago, no. You, you made the greatest point in the history of the show over 105 episodes. And well, 10 minutes later, never mind. Don't want to hear right. from you. Shut I up. do. I do. I, do. I, didn't, I, I didn't realize he had started to speak. My... my um. My webcam completely shut off, so I don't know who's talking anymore. Right. We are flying blind here. Um, I think that they are trying to turn over a new leaf, and I am casting a discerning eye upon this because I'm not 100% sure they will be able to. I hope they will. I can sense that I appreciate that they're trying. I give them credit for that, and I'm hopeful but I'm not 100% sure they'll be able to do it. You look a lot like me watching a, a football game with uh, teams that I don't like right now. <laughs> you look Let's just like... see about this. <clears throat> see about this game. Snidely, snidely whiplash. <laughs> exactly. Right. Uh, well, I, I before we uh, end the show here, guys, we may go a little over time. we got about a minute and a half left of live streaming time. But... um. Do we have new rules for this overtime also? Do we need to explain that? <laughs> Let's get Jim Nance. For the audience. Where's Jim Nance? Let's get Jim him Nance on. Jim Nance will explain it. PJ, <laughs> uh, uh, did... you are seriously, man, in a league of one. You are the best. You get it done so efficiently, quickly, and such a high standard, my man. You are my hero. Jim Nance, CBS Sports, thank you. <laughs> His tag is so good. It's the best. His little tag is so good. Jim Nancy. It's like, it's like if we spoke to somebody in a regular conversation, but we ended it with a tag. That's right. Right? Brian Calvi, RTU, thank you. 
yeah, I think I'm just going to, uh, I got to head down to the store, pick up some milk, and uh, probably get some eggs. Steve San Pietro, RTU. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to end every conversation that way. Uh, before, uh, I, I've, I've wanted to uh, thank you for listening to the live stream, folks. Definitely check out the podcast. Um, we're going to go a little over time, but because I wanted to bring up to you guys, now that we have PJ back in the fold, um, Dr. E. Ray Stapp brought this up to me uh, the other day, and it's not sports-related, but it's just killing me, just killing me. One of the more underrated things in Arrested Development, and I think one of the underrated moments in comedy is the literal doctor. I love the literal doctor. For those of you Arrested Development fans out there, you know what I'm talking about. And I've been obsessed with the literal doctor for like two weeks. Oh, wow. I hadn't thought of that in years. Well, it looks like he's dead. What? No, that's terrible. Wait a minute. Wait, wait. He's not done. Yeah, no, he, he looks dead because he's painted blue. I hate this guy. Why do we keep getting this guy? I'm sorry, but we've lost your father. No, we can't seem to find him. We've lost him. And then my favorite, I'm sorry, there's nothing else I can do. And and Michael goes, you know, Jason Bentley goes, let let him finish. Let him him finish. (laughs) Because I'm being replaced on the case by Dr. Klein. Oh, what was, oh uh, so good. I hate this guy. Why do we keep getting this guy? Good, good news. We removed the hook. Right. Oh, that's great. Uh, it's still, it's still in your. <laughs> it's still in your. It's still in your ass. And the, the other one was the uh, when he loses the hand. Well, he's going to be all right. That's great news. And then George Michael. Yeah, there's no other way to take that. And then, wow, boy, you guys are taking this news really, really well. Why shouldn't we? Well, I don't know if I'd be taking it this well if I lost a hand. You just said he's going to be all right. Yes, he lost his left hand. <laughs> just just phenomenal. I just wanted to throw that out there to you guys as our Arrested Development moment of the week. Yeah, the final minutes of every show, I think, should just be uh, a torrent of quotes. Right, the Arrested That's Development true. moment of the week. Uh I I don't <laughs> I just love Michael going. Wait, wait a minute. He's not. Let him finish. <laughs> this week will be it's great. Will Arnett. That's right. How do we keep How do we keep getting this guy? <laughs> uh Peach, uh one last thing uh from you on the sports tip. We didn't get into the fun load, but maybe we'll do the fun load next week, but um one last thing from you on the sports tip. I do want to tip my hat, doff my cap as it were sure. to you about the survivor thing being completely and totally serious that was a I, I, I quote Jim this isn't a bit no, I, I quote Jim Nance you are in a league of one when it comes oh, to really good reality show analogies uh, <laughs> with it's the, a small uh, skill set it is will you, be, will you be watching the NFL playoffs this weekend Paige? Absolutely. I, I wouldn't miss it. Well, I might. 
Well, wait a second. No, 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 no. I, I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch uh, every moment of every game. Although I do have to promote my own show. You know, um, there's gonna be a skating show on Sunday uh, with uh, music by Styx, the real okay. band. Okay, Cal, this is real. This is really this is happening for real. Which version? About, of current we're talking day about Styx? Tommy Shaw. We're talking about too much time on my hands and and you know Renegade. No Dennis DeYoung, though, right? No. No, why? Why would you have that guy there? Is this a uh, skating stars on ice, Peach? Schmuckers? It is uh, It is of that brand. <laughs> Sticks believe, on ice? Uh, <laughs> I believe... Uh, well, what they like to do is they like to... The skating in, robot. They like to bring in um, bands who can do a, a fan favorites kind of show. And the band will be at one end of the rink, and uh, the skaters will come out and do uh, ten or twelve numbers with the band. The Earth, Wind, the Earth, Wind, and Fire one, by the way, is still up there. So the band is actually performing live while the skaters skate. Yeah, it works That's out correct. pretty nicely, actually. That is kind of cool. We've two, had two. a heck of a. We've had a lot of really good bands. I don't know how we keep getting them, but we do. We had. <laughs> We had Chicago this year already, followed by Sticks. Wow. We've had everybody. We've had Ray Charles. Two, I would imagine Franklin. REO Speedwagon would be coming soon, right? We had him two years ago. We had him? Yep. Wow. Uh, question, Peach. Two questions. So many questions come to mind. I'll just narrow it down to two. Does anyone uh, watch these things? Maybe. No, no. I, I know the answer to that question. Uh, people actually do watch these things. But... um. Uh, is Mr. Roboto performed? No, because that's that's Dennis DeYoung stuff, right? Yeah. Well, the, the guys are still a little sore at Dennis, and Dennis is still a little sore at the guys. And uh, what uh, what are the Tommy Shaw stick songs that we would know? Because I think everybody feels like "Lady" and "Come Sail Away," and those are well, all Dennis DeYoung. Yeah, they they do they do "Come Sail Away" because they kind of have to. And they have uh, a guy on keys who, his voice, is a dead ringer for DeYoung anyway. Right. Um, <laughs> tough, yeah. tough to find. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, you need that sort of Broadway tenor. Yeah. Um, and and, and the, without the ego would be good. Yeah. And yeah. There's, there is no singing about robots in the show. <laughs> or, uh, or, perfor- but, or performing as a robot. Right. Or doing a rock opera based on a robot. A robot. Yeah. I'll never forget the the behind the music. I guess it was where Tommy Shaw was like talking about that era of Sticks and why he left the band and like I'm performing as a robot on stage in a rock opera that I want no part of. Right. And I I took a look at myself and I said, What the boot am I doing here? You know, I've gotten a little uh, a little uh, <laughs> off off what they were doing. I mean, you know, they had done theme al- theme albums before. Yeah. But this was, yeah. This was, I mean, you know, Dennis DeYoung, I think, had been to see Starlight Express and said, "Oh, we got to do something <laughs> like that." Really? Yeah, this, this was one of the more gratuitous vanity projects in the history of rock and roll. Right. Why, why don't you just do a side project and not sync the band? Right. 
that had triple uh, consecutive triple platinum albums. What? Why don't you not bring those guys down? <laughs> Tommy uh, Tommy Shaw's three apples high, isn't he? Um, he's he's a diminutive man. <laughs> he's a junior man, isn't he? He, uh, you know, his his guitar uh, might tip him over. <laughs> really? Also, he looks darn good for a man in his uh, late fifties, and he sounds really good. All right, so uh, late fifties. Wow, I would never think that. Tune in. That's depressing. Tune in Sunday for uh, uh, on NBC. Is it on NBC, Peach? Always. I feel like you have anything to plug. Anything else, Peach? You're going to be at the Ha Ha Hole. Uh, they're, my, they're my bread and butter. Well, you know, I, uh, I've been working on um, uh, commercials for uh, a certain football game coming up. It's a big one. Ah, yes. I don't, I don't know if I want to name drop. You know which game, but uh, the Puppy Bowl. Uh, going to be seen by more than a few people. Ah, I see. You're working on commercials for that, huh? They uh, they called me in to uh, work on a certain Budweiser spot. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. Wow. Yeah. You're big time, kid. You're big time. Well, all, day, all night. To, that's the name of this show, by the way. Big time, PJ. I always name the episodes. <laughs> PJ's not the, big break. <laughs> right. <laughs> I always name the episodes. I got the, the whole cable for the crew. Yeah, yeah, I worked on it, sure. I name the episodes after, not that you guys are paying attention. Nobody's going to Blog Talk Radio from this show to look at what I'm doing, the hard work that I put in. I name the episodes after the show, and uh, this one's going to be called PJ Big Times Us. That's right. I've seen I've seen your episode naming convention. I've seen that. So what do we got tonight? We got Nance. We got Chocolate Factory. Yep. That works with international rock stars. And uh, is privy to the the uh, the big game Budweiser commercial. That's uh, yeah. you're, you're you're big time. You're in a yep. eclectic. You're in you're in the league. You're in the human league. Yeah. You're in the you're in a lot or, of leagues. Or, or one could say I just can't keep a job. There's another <laughs> way to look at it. <laughs> you know, while I have PJ here on a completely unrelated topic, I need to get his opinion on something. This will take about 90 seconds. PJ, I need to get your opinion. What is your take on the Nickelodeon show Victorious? Um, Delicious. Okay. That's where I'm going with that. Is it acceptable to watch that show and think that they've got talent, those kids? They are on the edge of actually being a decent comedy. They're, okay. They're, it, it's a little absurd. Some some of the performers are not very good. Clearly. But enough of them are good. Um, okay. Especially the, the adult supporting cast is also very good. The adults are um, terrific. But I yeah. but I find myself watching the show with my daughter. and, and <laughs> Me too. I like to watch that show when she's not around. I'm not watching it with... She's out of the room, and I'm still sitting there watching it. That's right. There's a lot of comely women on that show. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm getting victorious with myself, if you know what I'm saying. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Couldn't think of a better way to end the show. Uh, Thanks uh, (laughs) to the Swami for his picks. And uh, PJ, final unload. I got too much time on my hands. 
you're fooling yourself and you don't believe it. Sunday at that, that's, that's Tommy Shaw as well? Yeah, I love that. I love that song. It's a Kachopo RTU. <laughs> Cal Final Unload. Hey, listen, I want to plug something. I'll be I'll be appearing on uh, on my old alma mater radio station on Friday, January 27th. That's WSJU, 6.40 a.m. With my old radio partners, Mike Lally and Matt Forsythe, we are doing a reunion show. They've invited us down to St. John's University and do a reunion show. So I'm plugging it. In a couple of weeks, I'll be on the air. You dropped, you dropped this at the end of the show? Yeah, it's, you know, it's just as an aside. We're going to oh, bring we, that back every week. Yeah, we are so talking about this next week. Holy mackerel. I got a couple of weeks to prepare. Yeah, we're going to need 90 minutes on this one next week. <laughs> uh, my final unload is... That's remarkable, Cal. I love it. My final unload is uh, Brian Schottenheimer. Hey, thanks. For nothing. I don't care for you. And uh, frankly, I, I hope you wind up as a very happy college ranking coach. Because that's where you belong. Also, uh, uh, Mark Sanchez, hang in there, kid. Those dimples, those birthmarks. Hang in there, kid. Things are going to get better. Wow. All right, we'll see you next week, everybody. Thanks. <laughs>